that was a little 8-bit clash. Should I stay or should I go? You should go. <laughs> what are you, my wife? <laughs> Welcome to Best Frenemies, episode 14. I actually have sex as much with you as your wife does. Zero. <laughs> yes. What do we call in this episode? Uh, thunder from down under. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got a special Australian mate coming on later. Did you just say mate? Yeah, I did. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't ever do that. Good day, Chris. Hey, have you ever seen? We were talking about this after we recorded uh, our interview with Jugs. Did you ever see the movie Man from Snowy River? Who's in that? Oh, dude. Uh, well, Kurt Douglas is the only famous one. No. It's a <laughs> All right, never mind. Go ahead and talk. Talk to us. Well, it's an Australian film about people in Australia. And there's a whole scene where he's talking about, oh, yeah, he's my mate. <laughs> and the other people, mate, like, what? Mate. And then this famous guy comes up and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, your dad was a good mate. Oh, shit. Sorry. But anyway. Everyone co-signed it after that. So the whole time, I'll be honest, when Jugs was talking, I was thinking about the man from Snowy River. But anyway. <laughs> hey, so I have a confession to make that I feel badly about. And if Nick the Tooth actually listened to our podcast, I, I would, you know, be bummed. But he doesn't. So I just popped in the tooth cut. Of The Last Jedi. Okay, yeah, because just so you guys know, Nick the Tooth hated Last Jedi, and then once it uh, became available on platforms, he's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to make my own cut. See, and he did that. When we talked about it on his podcast, he was like, I'm going to cut it. I'm going to recut it. I'm going to do my own. I'm going to do a tooth cut. And yeah, I yeah, but I didn't know he was going to do his own screen crawl. Well, and the thing, <laughs> I thought he was... I thought he was just fucking around. Um, he, but no, he did it. He got the DVD. He downloaded it and recut it, but he did his own. Yeah. His credits. He cut out everything that like he hated about but the last Jedi. That was awesome. When he was like Darth Tooth. he called himself Darth Tooth. <laughs> so he might be a bigger nerd than us, dude. Yeah. No, Nick, Dude, he is a nerd. He is a nerd. Hey, and I'm going to say something right now, Chris. You uh, you really got his back during our Jugs interview about him, me complaining about my wrist. But yes. didn't you recently uh, roll with him? And uh, I think your story has changed a little bit. Yeah, so <laughs> we're kind of going in reverse order because the Jugs interview will come on. And I was giving you shit because you whined about him hurting your wrist for like a month and you took pictures of your wrist brace and was like, like sending the, it. In like the bowling wrist guard. <laughs> Every person you had an opportunity to complain about, you would. So yes, I was giving you shit. But friends I, don't lock. What? Friends don't don't uh, wrist lock friends. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Hey, a tap's a tap. <laughs> uh, so I rolled with Nick. What was that last weekend or something? So this is the thing. When you're doing it, like, I mean, there are moves in jujitsu that, like, an arm bar. That you can like, go a little bit softer on your bros. Well, because <laughs> the thing is, when you're rolling back and you have it, 
you know, you know, you have it. The person you're going with knows you have it. So it's generally once they have the opportunity, it's like they're getting ready to tap. You they're just like, start slowly easing yeah, to it. Like, so, are you going to tap? Yeah. I mean, when I do the arm, like I'm not finishing the arm bar. It's like, you know, I have it. Just go ahead and tap. Um, Nick. Yeah. He's part silverback gorilla. So he just grabs he, it. And no, not it. only. <laughs> I mean, he completely finished the armbar on me, lifting his hips into it, which is like the ultimate dick move if you're <laughs> freaking not in competition. And I think I screamed tap. And he's like, you okay? I'm like, dude, really? You had to finish it? You had to lift your hips? So, yeah, promptly, um, Nick has gone on my no roll list. That was when the police showed up to AOJ because they heard a woman <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Pretty much. You know what? This is a really, this is going to be our a wall-to-wall jujitsu episode. And I know that, um, let me just give a shout out to my old boss, Ben Naramore. He did, apparently, he and his wife don't like when we talk about jujitsu. Oh, so. so they're going to hate this episode. Oh, yeah. Just fast forward. Fast forward, Ben. But we don't talk all jujitsu with Jugs. He's, he's, uh, Dude, he's just an awesome human being, and he's got a great story. So, but he did say in the text he didn't like me. So, you know, fuck him. That I was liked awesome. Him. I liked him until that. That was awesome. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me, Chris. I uh, looked at our best friend of me's Gmail, and um, oh my gosh, dude! In the inbox, so many requests, so many requests. But in spite of that, I say we continue doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you've been working on that one for Thank a while. You. Huh? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. It was good a month ago when you told me. It. <laughs> uh, all right. So any uh, any other colorful banter? Well, uh, you got any uh, Father's Day plans? Well, my wife did ask me last weekend what I wanted to do for Father's Day. She didn't did, respond when I they said. They don't like it when we just say, "How about you guys just leave me alone and." I said, um, I wanted to get laid in the morning, leave me alone, and I want to get laid at night. And okay. somewhere between there, I want to eat like three good meals. Smoked meats and cheeses. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think we're going to, we're going to go see Incredibles too. I also, oh, we might end up at the same movie, oh, dude. Nikki would fucking lose her mind. There was a there was one time Chris and I when uh, Black Panther came out, I I was like I'm going to Black Panther to, tonight, and Chris was like Me too, and uh, and I'm like I'm seeing the seven o'clock showing, and you're all I'm seeing the six forty five showing, and I'm like What theater? Turned out to be the same theater. My wife was convinced that Chris and I had some secret like uh boyfriend date you guys arrange this and i'm like dude we are not that clever so i'm so i'm sending i'm sitting with my family and chris is with his his wife and son at the movie and nikki gets a text from chris that says you can't keep us apart <laughs> <laughs> which i started rolling that was that was a good one for me for father's day it's the one time of year that i get a nap in my house oh yeah Father's Day is a good one because I'm hoping, I just don't want my wife to be able to give me chores. And, and I'm always hoping for uh, men's flowers too. That's always, you know, you don't even have to buy me anything for that. You know what? I used to hope for that, but now it's just kind of, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> With your iPad in the bathroom? Yeah. Just like <laughs> che me checking emails. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
All right. Well, hey, Johnny, I hope you have a fantastic Father's Day. Dude, right back at you. Thank and, you. Hey, and you know what, dude? Respect for doing the deal. We're, we're guy, we drop our kids off. We help them with homework. It wasn't weekend pussy that we knocked up and <laughs> just sent a check. We're actually real fathers, and sometimes it takes a little bit for the podcast to get done. Yeah, dude. Freaking, you know, and let me just say, my son is the biggest cock block on the planet. I just want to say. All children are the biggest dude, cock block on the planet. Man. When he came along. Dude, it just ruined the whole game. Dude, it totally ruined the game. Freaking lame. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, you know what? That brings me to uh, just in marriage alone. My, I remember when I got engaged, my brother came to me with some uh, wisdom and said, all right, Johnny, <clears throat> every time you get laid right now before you get married, I want you to, to, to put a quarter in a jar every time you get laid. And then once you get married, I want you to take a quarter out. And then he looked at me dead in the eyes and said, that, that jar will never be empty. Oh, yeah. No, you look back on the old days and you're like, dude, we were like jackrabbits. We were savages. Dude. <laughs> like pulling over on the side of the road, like... Yeah. That shit don't happen now. Well. Whatever. I think we start the show. All right, let's do it. Start the show. Hey, what's up, nerds? And now, back by popular demand, it's time for the top five list. Thanks, Donnie Darko. Okay, so now we are on top five. And what is it this cartoons cartoons and we wanted to do childhood cartoons but then we no, no 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 you wanted to do childhood cartoons but i had to have two in there my number five and four. Oh, my number one i changed because you went with like little special oh i want to dude do you're it. such a fucking <laughs> dictator dude you're fucking you're like a little napoleon fucking no we're gonna do this we're gonna no only this like you have all these stipulations you motherfucker you called me a little napoleon <laughs> napoleon was already little you don't need to throw the word little in there dick dude and i have like what like half an inch <laughs> on you you're like a little napoleon <laughs> like because he was small but all right all right yeah so it was a little redundant all right <laughs> you're a little midget <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chris, that was funny. Thank you. Occasionally, <laughs> I'm funny. My, All right. My wife doesn't think so, though. <laughs> that's that's why we have a podcast now. We oh, hey, speaking of podcasts, so when I was rolling with, or no, drilling with Lou yeah. yesterday, dude, the whole time, you know how I am. It's yeah. just like every time I'm like, fuck you, Lou. <laughs> like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> you can die, Lou. He's like, dude, we should like mic you up. Because everyone, I was doing Professor Elvis. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Call time. Dude, and he's like, Lou's like, we should mic you up while you're drilling and rolling. I'm like, well, that's how the podcast came about. <laughs> it came on the mat. <laughs> All right, what's your number five? My number five uh, cartoon I used to watch this all the time when I was 15. Most people don't know about this cartoon. It's the real Ghostbusters. Oh, I remember that. And it was awesome. Yeah, There's good storylines. And uh, Arsenio Hall was one of the voices, I found out. Really? Yeah, and basically the... Um, and I, then Slimer the ghost. I was just going to say, Slimer was like a character. He was like a good guy. Yeah, he, he was, was like, like their, part of the team He now. was like their pet. But the show's awesome, and it's on Netflix. You can stream it. I was watching a couple episodes this morning. Hmm. I remember watching. I think that was, I was probably a little too old to be watching 
cartoons after school, but then I was probably high when I was watching them, so then I get a pass. I remember at 15, because I was living in reform school, but they, but they bust me into Orem High School. And like, so when I was getting ready in the morning at my school, before I got taken over there, that was always on, Dude, so. Johnny, I wish we could go. If I had a time machine, <laughs> I've been asked, would you go back and kill Hitler? No. And go I'd back, go kill back and party with Johnny. Oh, when nice. He was, when he was living in Utah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number five is, it premiered in uh, 2010. I watched it with my son, and it was the first cartoon, so when you have a kid, you're watching shit that you're just like, oh, God, dude. Like, fucking Barney. Oh, uh, the worst. The worst. Like, they're the worst. I and did like Yo Gabba Gabba was a no, good part of our house. No, that was good. That was good. But they generally, in the beginning, you're just watching stuff that you're like, oh, God, dude. I wish I could get him watching Family Guy or something. Like, something we could both enjoy. Both, like, little, little, uh, was it Little Simon or? Little Einstein's? Little Einstein. Oh, dude, that's that a- was Jackson's jam. And it was just like. Waking up so early boring. on a Saturday, and it was like, oh. You know what the kids watch now that I just can't stand? SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, really? I like SpongeBob. Works on my nerves. Anyway, all right, my number five. This was the first cartoon that we started watching together that we both enjoyed, and that was a regular show. And we actually watched... Love regular show. Every, every episode, and it just ended like a year ago, and we watched the last episode. So we watched every episode together and the last episode aired and my son was just like man i feel like part of my childhood just died and it was like i was thinking about it and we started watching that i mean he was in like preschool we watched i mean it was running so anyway i love regular show i need to buy every episode like the whole dvd compilation I have some friends that Gesundheit. can get on certain touring sites. Bless you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you have, yo, you have a hookup with the torrent sites? I, I have a friend, maybe, that might be able to get that for us because I don't do that, Chris. Is his name like Tommy Costanza? <laughs> 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 All right. What's number four? Number four, I got motherfucking He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. You know what? So the thing is... And I always thought this as a kid with He-Man, because I, too, watched He-Man. And the, um, was it, the toys that made us that's on what, Netflix? That's what, like, got it back in my mind. Like, I loved Skeletor. He was hilarious, dude. And they So one of the guys involved with He-Man made this comment, too. And I was like, yeah, I thought that same thing. So what was the prince's name, his alter ego? Adam. Adam. Dude, he was all buff, and he looked just exactly like, like just him. like He-Man. He <laughs> just wasn't wearing the loincloth. They didn't even put, like, glasses on him or anything. No, and it just looked like freaking... He was huge. Like, that was dumb. He should have been, like, a little scrawny guy or something. Yeah, I always kind of felt the same way about Superman, too, though. I'm like, really? Dude, you can't tell? bite your tongue. Clark Shut up. Kent? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. All right, my number four... Um, I dropped my paper. Hold on. Oh, you don't have it memorized? Well, yeah, I got to check the date, asshole. Right. Oh, yeah, Chris has dates. All right, I, I was confident it was also uh, 2010 because I think they aired around the same time. Um, Adventure Time. Adventure Time is so, awesome, too. And that was the other show. So regular show on Adventure Time, my son and I watched together. 
every episode and it was funny so we started watching adventure time and granted for my son being in preschool it probably wasn't age appropriate but fuck it dude it was something we could watch together and we went to like a school function they had like a little preschool school function all the parents were bitching about like yeah and then freaking little uh Jenny came home and like, hey, I want to watch Adventure Time. I want to watch Adventure Time. And all the parents were like bitching. Like, like disgusted. Where, where did this come from? Who let their kid watch Ad- Adventure Time? And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie's just looking at me like shaking her head. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty fun. That was a good memory. Yeah. Well, when we let Donovan like watch it, we, we were, when he goes to play with his friends we're like hey dude uh maybe don't mention that you saw it or deadpool (laughs) it's a bad look you're giving me a bad look oh yeah the parents parents totally give you the bad look (laughs) it was like when a friend of jackson actually in preschool got a hundred dollars from the fucking tooth fairy and he's like hey connor got a hundred dollars i'm like fuck connor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I went up to him. I'm like, dude, what is up with giving your kid a hundred bucks from? T- oh, it was our mom. She was in here from like, I don't know, like Singapore or something. And she gave, just gave him bribe money. Yeah, it's freaking lame, dude. <laughs> okay, what's your number three? My number three, Voltron, the original Voltron cartoon was the shit. I watched that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Dude, battling robot cats that form one giant badass robot with a sick sword. Yeah. Fucking down. I mean, dude, I don't really have much except I watched it as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Good jam. You know, it is not on my list, but after you saying Voltron, dude, you know what I loved back in the day? Don't say Thundercats. No. (laughs) Well, no, I did like Thundercats too. I really like Thundercats. No. Robotech. Robotech was good, too. Dude, Robotech was good. It was like a little soap opera, a cartoon soap opera. Love triangles and, you know, kick-ass, like, Dude. transforming freaking ships. and. Thundercats was like the the Pat Benatar to the Joan Jet of Voltron, dude. Do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> Pat Benatar's always been the poor man's Joan Jet, dude. Dude, I love Thundercats. All right, so my number three, so the the next three, my three, two, one, are all from when I was a kid. Number three, from 1980, it premiered in 1980, I think it was on the air for like, I think one season, Thundar the Barbarian. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Dude, I remember watching Thund. I mean, it was like, I think the first like post-apocalyptic like show, like, there was a real world and then shit happened. And in the cartoon, the moon broke into pieces and like there's magic. And it was like, dude, and they would <clears throat> on episodes, like insert something like, you know, a, a landmark that was like toppled over like the Statue of Liberty. And you're like, oh, this could be real. Like, oh, I loved, yep. I love Thundar. Thundar, dude, Thundar ripped, dude. Yeah. I think with cartoons, we both obviously have a love for cartoons, so we're not really arguing this time. No, we're just I, hey. I know. I think they like it better when we argue. But, Okay. Hey. All right. Hit me, with, hit me with your number two. Let's see if it offends me. My number two from my childhood, Scooby-Doo. I mean. I can't argue with Scooby-Doo, dude. dude. How epic was Scooby-Doo as your kid? You know, they're always, they're always, well, 
Shaggy and Scooby were always high as motherfucker oh, dude, in the they van. Such stoners, dude. Thelma was your your basic lesbian. Um, then we got uh, Daphne. Daphne and the, well, who's Fred. Fred. They were always they were always slamming each other in the van when everyone else was looking for stuff. They were always coming back from the van. Oh hey, look at he's Daphne. Like, your hair's messed up. <laughs> he's like, I was just getting a quick HJ in the back of the van. <laughs> uh, and then they were, you know. The guys always would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for the mm-hmm. meddling kids. Then I love Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. And, dude, sometimes superstars, sometimes the Harlem Globetrotters would show up. You know, the thing I liked about Scooby-Doo as a kid, I mean, I, I'm just going to admit it. I, I was kind of a pussy. That I always liked that it was, like, supernatural. It was, like, supernatural. And it was so scary. But then all of a sudden, oh, it can easily be explained yeah. by the freaking groundskeeper. <laughs> and you're like, whew, it wasn't supernatural. Sweet. I think I also enjoyed probably what sent me to rehab is once they came out with those damn Scooby Snack uh, shots in bars later on in life. Oh, you never had a Scooby Snack? No. Missing out, dude. Well, fuck, let's do it. When we're done, let's wrap. Let's go. I bet bet you our chips could get us probably a free day drinking in the bar. If if I threw down my 13-year chip and said, what do you got? They'll probably let me drink all day for free because... Hey, so let's make a rule. If we go out, we have to go out together. Dude, it sounds amazing. Oh, dude, it would. We would end up in jail and, for sure. And then, and well, we'll definitely be kicked out of our houses. So I'm thinking race car bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> it's more room for uh, <laughs> done, dude. If we did the bunk beds, we could actually set up our podcast microphones like on the bed, so we could just lay in bed and do the podcast. Dude, that's pretty sick. And especially more room for activities. So. It's from Step Brothers. Okay. <laughs> Chris doesn't watch a lot of movies. Uh, all right. My number two premiered, and this shocked me. I didn't think it was this early. 1964, only 24 episodes. Johnny motherfucking Quest. Johnny Quest rule, dude. Dude, because the thing about Johnny Quest, it was the only cartoon that people died. Like the bad guys. I mean, they wouldn't like focus on it, but they fucking died. And it was like... Ooh, this was like adult. Like, yeah. none of this pretending, no dying, they freaking died. It was amazing. I love Johnny Quest. Dude, speaking of dying, my honorable mention is uh, Transformers. <laughs> when they released the first movie on Toys That Made Us. Oh, and the Goldbergs Op- had an episode. Oh, yeah, where they talked about Optimus Prime. They kill Optimus Prime. Like, the first half of the movie. And then, you, then on the uh, season two of uh, Toys That Made Us, they explain, well, the reason why we did that, we killed all of the old toys so we could Make set new. up for the new toys. Lame. Yeah, and then every and then every single toy maker is like, Oh, that's totally lame. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. All right. What oh is wait, it? my number one. Yeah, your number well I was gonna say, what was okay. your number one? Sorry, Chris. So hold on. cut. Johnny, what's your number <laughs> one? <laughs> I'm not cutting it either. I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> um my number one this actually turns out to be super important nowadays, and that's uh, Star Wars Rebels. And let Dude, me. So now let me. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I ju- gotta listen notes of why. No, I'm gonna interrupt you right there. So okay, spoiler alert for anyone who has not seen Solo. If you have not seen Solo, fast forward right now. And it's Solo's an awesome movie. If you liked Rogue One, then you'd love Solo too. So all right. You've been warned. Spoiler alert. So uh, so at the end of Solo. Well, no. Let me get into Rogue One first. 
What, what, how, how much fucking talking is, do you got? There's not that much. But, okay. Be, All right, it's be, your pick. Go ahead. Because Star Wars Rebels is canon in the Star Wars universe, that means everything that happens in Rebels can tie into the movies. And, like, in Rogue One, Chopper, the, uh, their, their droid, was seen at the Rebel base of Yavin. Their ghost ship was uh, flying with the Rebel fleet. Um, they called for General uh, Syndulla, and she's not a general yet on the show. So, like, all the super nerds in Rogue One were like, when they called General Syndulla, everyone's like, holy shit, he's going to be a general. So, that was kind of cool. Um, uh, in Solo, Han ref- the ship that Han's, like, uh, is uh, referencing, that the, the ship he's lying about, he says he has a, a VCX-100 ship. That's actually that model is the ghost from from Rebels, which is pretty cool. Um, you can talk about you can talk about Solo now, though. All right. So at the end of Solo, there's a cameo from Darth Maul at the very end, and so we see this in the movie, and I'm looking at it, and at the end of the movie, so my son's like, "Man, that was cool." Darth Maul and I'm like yeah I don't know dude like I don't know if that was Darth Maul maybe it was just like some of his like his freaking species or something and he was like oh what? no Chris what are you talking about and I'm like well dude he died he got cut in half no papa on rebels he's back and he has uh mechanical legs and well, blah, 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 first blah. they had they had him when they introduced him is he because on the show there's a yellow and black uh Darth Maul looking guy that's his brother and Darth Maul comes out and he finds him Darth Maul in the cave and he had like mechanical spider legs. And then as the show progression goes on, he eventually gets a pair of mechanical legs that are like human legs. So that's what explains. So my son has watched every episode of Clone Rebels. Wars and Rebels. Yeah. And so Darth Maul is alive, but every time he tells the story now, he totally ridicules me. <laughs> yeah, it's one of his species or something. Yeah, he didn't even know what was he going didn't on. Didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Freaking dick. What's your I, number one, Chris? All right, my number one is. Hold on, my paper. Premiered the year I was born, nineteen seventy-three. Motherfucking Super Friends. Super Friends is dope, dude. Le- Legion of Doom. So, if I say Super Friends, what do you think of? First thing that comes into your mind. Normally, anyone else besides Johnny, apparently, Wonder Twin powers activate. Oh, Gleek. Dude. Gleek the And monkey. that's the thing that pisses me off. Because every time you bring up Super Friends, everyone's like, Wonder Twin powers activate. Well, and you had Zan. Who that's had the ab- his name. Ability to morph into any form of water. Yeah, it was always form of a bucket of water. And she and was like Jaina form as an eagle. It <laughs> can transform into an animal. Dude fucking water like that's lame dude and those guys were lame like superman's on there batman's on there well they didn't really make it into the movie franchise now did they dude that was the worst part but man anytime super friends was on oh i remember my brother when he was in a fraternity <laughs> there was a one of his fraternity brothers was a, like a little asian guy and his fraternity brothers called him gleek after the monkey on <laughs> their monkey that's really embarrassing billy yeah, that's pretty racist, too. Bastards. <laughs> All right. Well, good top five. Uh, 
Yeah, a little love fest for once on our uh, top fives. I'm sure you guys will hate it, but... Uh, Johnny, all your picks sucked. Dude, my picks were dope. <laughs> All right, that was Fuckwit City in honor of our guest today, Chris, and that is Justin Juggs D, founder of Full Metal Jiu-Jitsu. In Australia? In Australia. You left out the key part. <laughs> Mendez Brothers uh, Black Belt. So actually, I just learned today you were their second black belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who the, who's their fucking first? Uh, some guy from Canada. Oh, who I cares? Know, I don't want to talk about have it. You, What's that Have you choked him out? <laughs> Taking no, the ground? No, no, no. I actually like him. I like him a lot. Actually, I think he came and the brothers were doing a seminar somewhere. It was came. a, what do you call it? An affiliate camp. Because back when they first opened, they were doing affiliate camps because there was two affiliates, basically to get everybody there together and kind of bond and group, which is a really good thing. I loved it. I thought it was friggin' awesome. And I think it was the second, I think it was the second last day of camp. And Ricardo came in. Um, that's number one, what we're talking about. And um, Ricardo came in. I was like, oh, this is Ricardo. I've seen the gentleman, but I've never actually met the guy. And I met him. And we were, like, like always, I'm pretty friendly with nearly anybody I meet. But, and then like that night, he was training. And um, yeah, after class, boom, gets his black belt. And I'm like, fuck yeah. That's, that's the first time I'd ever like been somewhere where someone had actually got their black belt. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like I had a, an amazing time anyway. But then I'm like, man, that's that's so rad that he was here and it's super, super stoked, yeah. And where, where were you when you were awarded your black belt? Were you at AOJ? AOJ, you weren't there? I thought I was, but I, I, I couldn't remember for sure if it was at AOJ. Yeah, no, no, I, it was AOJ, yeah. Um, November 23rd, if I remember correctly. It's kind of date, you know. <laughs> One date you want to remember. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Mom. How long did you train when you got your black belt? Um, I was a brown belt for four years and I think I'd been training 14 years. Yeah. 14 oh. years. Yeah. I made, I made a pact with myself that I was like, all right, I just started jujitsu late. I guess relatively late for most people, but well, what age I started, I think I was 26 or something, but Dick. I, I <laughs> Dick. don't even fucking talk to me at 40, yeah. 40. I started at 40. I, I started at 30, 39, 39. Okay, I take all of that back. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, fuck off. And, and, I don't care. And Chris and I have only had uh, one major operation each. Yeah, now. yeah. Fr- fuse back, fuse back. I, th- I got a bulging disc now. Like, and every time I get injured, people are like, "Um, uh, maybe you should quit jujitsu." And I'm like, you know what? I'd, 
Hell no. Like, you, you can quit, quit your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can get injured doing anything. And then people are like, oh, I hurt my arm, I hurt my leg. And I'm like, get the fuck back on. Tape it up and get back on the mat. Like, if you can't tape it up, of course, like, go take a break. You know, Spoken my f- like a true professor, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The best advice I ever got, it was early on. And I just started. I mean, it was like maybe two weeks. And we were doing like stuff from side control. Mm-hmm. And my ribs were so sore that, I mean, I couldn't even like sneeze. Like I was like, oh shit, I'd have to prepare. And it was just horrible. And someone, I was like, yeah, I think I got to take some time off. I don't remember who it was. They were mm-hmm. like, don't do it. Like take the time. There's always going to be an excuse. Just train through the pain. And I'm like, okay, we'll do. And I, you know. I find that hurting something else makes me forget about what was hurt in the first place. Oh, no, I do that. Like my shoulders. <laughs> my shoulders hurt now, and they kind of make me forget about my lower back. Yeah. So I think, like, especially when you start as well, like if you're in a position like I, I personally think side control is probably the, the worst position to get out of. Like you can have my back. I don't care. I'm going to get out of that. You can have mount. I'm going to get out of that. But side control sucks. It doesn't matter who you are, white to black. If you know what to do, body positioning and weight distribution, it's going to be a horrible time for anybody. So as a beginner, of course, you're going to have a lot of, and you're still a beginner, right? Yeah, being well, okay, right. that was really bad Australian sarcasm <laughs> straight away. <laughs> now, you know what? I'm the first one to admit. Yeah, I'm still. Doing no, but like. When you start, that's that's a lot of pressure on 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 the body, no, straight dude, away. It was so rough. Uh, so I totally understand a lot of people when they start and they end up in that sort of position where they're underneath. Whether it's like beginners basics, like escapes, you know what I mean? Like just basic, really simple stuff from underneath alone. That's kind of kind of intimidating, I guess, to some people who are new. Like, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with this. So if they get injured, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to feel, not, not freak out. Yeah. You know, and feeling yeah. claustrophobic. and Which is good because I'm fucking always inside control. Freaking Coach Jeff has me inside control constantly. Dude, so. he's a beast. I dude. roll with him today. <laughs> oh, dude. He is like the rain man of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, his my God. Technique, he, you know, and he's one of those guys. If they skipped brown and just went to black for him, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I would because, you know. (laughs) 14 years, man. All right, that's true. Yeah, that's true. 14 years. Get to the back of the line, Jeff. So uh, (laughs) what what belt were you when you opened up your gym? And was it always full metal jiu-jitsu? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I trained. My first instructor was a bananas purple belt from brazil insane and um he <laughs> he got deported from australia like a lot of brazilians do they overstay their travel visa okay. kind of thing so then i'm like hey so been training with you for two years i would have thought i would have got my blue belt by now because he killed us oh, how long were you a white belt like nearly three years Holy yeah. shit. Oh, dude, I would have had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, I, I, looking back, you go, oh, man, I was a white belt for nearly three years. That sucked. Then I realized, actually, I was a killer. Like, by the time I got a blue belt, I was a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like guys, nowadays, they're so good at blue belt and purple belt. And that's so terrible to roll with. But at the same time, it's just amazing to see Jiu-Jitsu at that level right now. But I think 
yeah, I, I, and he got deported, so I had to find a new gym. And then I just, I was kind of bummed because I, I trained jiu-jitsu for two years and, and was like, I'm really, really enjoying this. And I thought I was at that level. And then <laughs> next thing you know, you're driving some crazy, you know, five foot five Brazilian to the airport with his luggage and going, all right, see you later. And then I'm like, all right, well, all right, what, what do you do? And then, so I stopped doing jiu-jitsu for about four months, I think, and just went, oh, I'm going to do Thai boxing. And I did Thai boxing and I, and I enjoyed it. But at the same time, I was like, it just didn't give me the same thing. I think I did Thai boxing because I was like, I want to do something different. And I'm kind of, I kind of like, hard to say, I kind of like getting beat up, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like getting hit. No, I don't like getting hit. That's fucking terrible. Oh, no, getting hit. <laughs> like, I'm not, a, I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> no, I just, I, I kind of like, I know sometimes to get rewards, you've got to do some shit work. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I knew that, okay, so this is going to be hard. I'm going to get crushed. I'm going to, like, doing Thai boxing, I'm like, this is horrible. It's, I'm going to get beaten up a bit, fair bit here, but all right. It's the path that needs to be taken. And I kind of like, I kind of, you know, I, I grew up in a quite a rough childhood. So I was used to sort of toughing it out. And, and where in sorry, where in Australia were you raised? I'm a, I'm Gold Coast based. Okay. Yeah, and um, so I, I was used to not having the greatest upbringing, and and it wasn't the the easiest thing. But it taught me through those training that like no one's going to beat me any worse than it was back home, you know. So I was like, bring it, I don't care. Then when I started doing Thai works, I realized I don't really actually like this. Like I I like the discipline. And I like the work, the work ethic. Um, I, there was a point where I went, maybe I'm going to be a cop. And my dad was like, I'll disown you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to become a cop. Maybe I'll join the army. And I was like, oh, I don't like, I don't even want to shoot anyone. That'd be weird. I don't know. I, we'll talk about that later on, hopefully. <laughs> um, but then I, I, a friend of mine said, hey, I'm going to go to um, check out this guy down south. And, and I said, he goes, you want to come? And I'm like, nope. And I was like, he was like, you know, why don't you want to come? And I was like, man, I just got home. And no, I'm, I was kind of bummed on Jiu-Jitsu for a little bit there. And then I said, well, give me a call when you get when you when you leave and let me know what it was like. So he gave me a call and he goes, what was it like? And he goes, oh, it wasn't much of a warm up, you know, because I was using the Brazilian warm up, yeah. which was just horrendous, like horrible. I was in shape for the first time in my life. I was a sack of shit when I started doing Jiu-Jitsu. But then. He goes, it wasn't much for And I said, well, how's the rolls? And he goes, yeah, they were good. And I was like, you're not really selling it to me right now. <laughs> and he goes, no, but they're really nice guys. And like, you know, I'm going to go down and check it out on Thursday. You want me to pick pick you up? And I said, yeah, pick me up. And I went down there. How far was it for you? Because I know. Oh, probably a 20, 25-minute drive. You know? Okay, it's not bad. I don't, I don't know if that's a long distance for you guys. I mean, I'm such a sissy. If I had to drive longer than 10 minutes, I'd probably be crying. I'm pretty much the same, right? I, now. I would quit. Yeah. <laughs> I live across the street from AOJ, so. <laughs> <laughs> he still drives. You know what? He still drives his car. In the morning. In the morning. <laughs> Dude, it takes me, I think, under three minutes to get to my gym, and I'm still like, oh, I've got to get in the van. Yes. i got to get the training. <laughs> it's 10 to 10. The class starts in 10 minutes. Sounds like someone just co-signed me, Chris. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So th- so anyway, I, I joined this new gym, and um, I really liked the, the guys. It w- and it was very tribal sort of based jujitsu. I would say I would liken it to sort of maybe late 90s, probably what the scene was like here in California. Do you know what I mean? Like, people were doing jiu-jitsu, but it wasn't no, the, a big thing. Jiu-jitsu in the 90s, because I did, I did some jiu-jitsu in the 90s, and it was like this garage, 
It had mats. Yeah, and right. then it had it had boogie boards on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you don't break through the yeah. wall. And and that was it. Yeah. And then I then I stopped for fifteen, twenty years. I mean, well, you had to become a pro drinker. Yeah, and 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 cokehead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was Merlot. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> Actually I signed up I did in the nineties, so it was probably like ninety seven. I there's a Gracie place in uh, Orange where I was going to college, and it was teeny. There were like strip mall, four yeah, pretty much, and like four people training and yeah. like no fucking beginners class or anything. And it was like some blue belt got me into spider. I didn't know what spider guard was, mm, mm. and I'm like, okay, like how do I get out of this? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just keep going. That's too advanced for you. So I'm like. I swear to God, for like two minutes, I'm just like there, and the guy has my, and he's not doing anything. He's mm. not sweeping me. Uh, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was it was pretty much the same sort of thing. Like you said, it wasn't a garage, and um, and my coach at the time, uh, like he he loved martial arts. He's a true martial artist, and, and he's a really nice guy. And uh, we trained in this shit hole, shit hole of a like a boxing gym in like a warehouse somewhere, and. Ultimately, me, I didn't really care where I trained. I just really liked jujitsu. When I like, I got into jujitsu, and then when I met these people and trained with these people, they were awesome, awesome people. And I really was just obsessed with jujitsu. Like, <laughs> I think training was. What was the name of that gym that you trained at? Uh, it's Puma. So like P U M M A. That was an academy I trained at from white belt through to brown belt, and um, I just. I just, again, like you get kind of tribal. You really like the people you're with. Oh, and yeah. um, I just, I, I, you know, I was with the right people I needed to be. You get pretty close with people that, you know, I mean, you're <laughs> it, with people that are, you know. Trying to kill you. Yeah, have, you, have your life in their hands and vice versa. Oh, if it wasn't Sometimes for balls. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. If how, do you, how do you tell people to, hey, come over here and hug with these guys in white coats. Yeah, come, come like, put oh, on dude. PJs. Is Jiu-Jitsu or Scientology? What's going on right now? <laughs> My wife does not get it yeah, at all I, I, I totally get it from even you step outside of it for a second and you go that is the weirdest shit no in the it's world. fucking weird yeah. i think it's weird and i you know and but, we love it uh, <laughs> yeah and and I, to this day like i think i started in 2001 and to this day i still i say this to my students all the time i'm like i can't even tell you why i love jiu-jitsu i can't tell you I'm still, I don't, and I don't know how to sell it to people. I really don't. Like, how do you, how do you sell it to somebody? It's the weirdest thing in the world to try and say, "Hey, come and do this." And like, you tell it that to the normal person, they're like, "What? Yeah, no." I ended no. up. Oh no! And then the ups and downs, and like, the plateau. oh, there's so many times that I was like, "Dude, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, I'm too old for this. I'm getting hurt." I started jujitsu out of an argument with my wife. She <laughs> she said that sounds very very <laughs> accurate for she, your persona, man. She said she said Johnny, I I I know I'm married, I know I'm married to a short man, but I refuse to be married to a short fat man. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Pat Patinori's opening up a gym across the street. And she goes, you'll never you'll never stick with it. And like just <laughs> out of anger, everything in your years. life. That is dude. the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard me. for enticement to do jujitsu, <laughs> dude. Every, that's amazing <laughs> johnny's life 
has Fu- been fueled by anger. Yeah, it's resentment. It's all like, resentment. Oh yeah, I'm gonna show you. I'm getting sober. Yeah, nobody <laughs> thought I. Nobody thought I'd stay sober. I was like, fuck you. Like I remember getting my year chip, being like, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Yeah, and that was literally everyone's like, just keep coming back, Johnny. Keep coming. Back. <laughs> he's a good boy. He's he's, he's still here. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the whole, uh, you know, drinking and whatnot. So my experience, my first experience with people from Australia, uh. I worked at a Yuppies Blues Bar in Long Beach when I was going through college. And Qantas, the people from Qantas mm-hmm. were put up in a hotel in Long Beach. And so the bar I worked for, we always do a cover, cover charge for the bands, but they let the Qantas people come in because they would drink so fucking much the it, people that worked on the plane yeah that was like staying the, in town? the flight attendants okay, okay. and the pilots <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no no it was you so know, you know i'm getting on a plane in two days <laughs> dude it was so bad like we would always always have to kick the Qantas people out like it's two o'clock you got to shut down in california it's against yeah. the law so it's like all right Lee. yeah i found that out like two trips ago here i went what the fuck what yeah. about bars where you live did well, there's like a regulation, but like even I, I just assume, sorry to interject, no, no, but no. I just assume that like it's America. You can buy a beer at the 7-Eleven. Oh, yes. No. Unreal. Not between but then all of a sudden two and six. They're like, no, I can't sell it to you. You're like, but it's right, right there. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's right there. And they're like, nope. They and you're like, what? Down. Yeah. They, we, we, we as Aussies, before you get into this story, this will make some sense, <laughs> I guess. We as the, the, the guys I was with, we walked out and went what the fuck is wrong with this country? Like, <laughs> we're like, what? Like, we're just getting a buzz on right now back home. Oh, yeah. Like, and you're like, nope, party's over. Yeah. Party's over. They, Wh- why well, is that? What, why, what, how did it get to that point? You know, in California, so this is what I heard. In California, so like in New York, I'm told. It's I mean, it's four. It's four. California, it was because they did not want the actors out there fucking partying late. And That's so, why? Yeah. So they're like, all right, two o'clock. Like, they need to get home, go to For bed. Because they have to be... <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard that was the explanation why they shut it down at, like, 2. Because they just don't want their actors out there fucking, fucking around. They've got to be up at 6. They just start doing coke at 2 in the morning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, anyway, these Qantas, yeah. we'd always kick them out, and they would be fucking stumbling. <laughs> stumbling out. And I hear pilots constantly go, Ugh, I got a, I got a flight and, like like five hours and it's like <laughs> dude like i am fucking never flying Qantas <laughs> ever dude and i was like australians like to fucking party <laughs> <laughs> shut up chris no i'm just like how do i deny this <laughs> dude how do i deny fucking this? drinkers uh, Austra- man australians like to party said the guy that's dude we got two rehabbed guys. <laughs> we're like well, looking I, at yeah, jugs. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, if yeah. we were Australian, we would still be. We could handle ourselves. We could handle ourselves. I'm thinking. So maybe we should move to Australia. It doesn't count if we drink in Australia. Chris. Hell yeah. So <laughs> then my other state lines. Then my my other story about Australia. I was uh, flying like two years ago, flying to Bali mm. with my family, and um, we have notorious bad luck when we travel. Like when my wife. We flew into the wrong island in the Bahamas. You know, that was great. Yeah, now it's fucking notorious. So uh, a volcano went off in Bali. So we were. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We were stranded and. Wasn't Aust- it freezing too? And all oh, you yeah. had was no, warm I, I dressed for like fucking warm Bali weather. What's Bali? It's 
yeah, it's extremely humid. Yeah, I mean, so shorts, t-shirts, and yeah. then this. So this was in July, and it was fucking watching the news in Australia, and it's like snowing in parts of Australia. It was fucking cold, like it was freezing. Ill prepared. Yes. Well, for the clothes I had, it was freezing, uh, but we were stuck there for like seven days. Because the volcano was still yeah, erupting. Yeah. A lot of Australians were stuck in that as well. And they're all like, which is a classic word for Australian, whinging. They're just like harping and just bitching on. And they're like, oh, I'm stuck here for another four days. And it's like, what the fuck else are you going to do? Well, no. And the thing is, I really, so we were in Sydney. And it was cool. I'd never been there. So we're like, fuck it. Let's enjoy this. Let's, you know, I mean, yeah. went out and bought some clothes. Uh, it was cool. I loved Australia. But then they flew us to Perth. It's the easiest route, yeah, yeah, to Perth. Perth it's is like Boise. This probably won't mean anything to you. It's like Boise, Idaho. <laughs> my my mom spent a little bit of time in Idaho. Yeah, dude, there was nothing. She said there wasn't much to do. Nothing no, to do out there. There was nothing to do in Perth, and then they flew us back to Sydney, and then finally we were getting ready to leave, and we were just like, "Fuck it, we're going home. We're just this is a wash," and we're getting on the flight and. They were flying home. There were like 30 Mormon missionaries <laughs> going back on the same plane. I was raised in Utah. I'm like, I'm not fucking getting on that plane. <laughs> I'm not getting on that plane. And so they were like, okay, we can get you to Bali. Like the wind shifted. So they flew us. Yeah, we might manage to get to Bali. But dude, I had actually more fun in Australia than I did in Bali. I thought Australia was great. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I've, I've been. That's where I actually met Majid. It was, okay, it was yeah. in Bali, like um, a student of mine, awesome, awesome guy. Um, we both went to Bali for like a jiu-jitsu escape, as they call it, like four or five days or something of training with um, Majid and Braulio Estima. Majid Hayes. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah. And um, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I got to Bali, all I had was horrendous Australian tourism stories. And then you you wouldn't get it here. I, I think I think Bali is the equivalent in Australia. It's probably like you have a like like a place in Mexico where everybody kind of goes, like Cancun yeah. or something like that. Or Cabo. Cabo. Yeah. It, it's Everyone just like Cabo. it's like it's like the cheap escape yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, like when Australians go, I've, been, I've traveled, and I'm like, where are you being? They're like, I've been to New Zealand, I've been to Bali, and I'm like. You haven't fucking been anywhere. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I'm like, you went to the cheapest route. That, yeah. was, that was your, I've traveled. I've See, traveled. and I actually, here, I mean, and I get that. People are like, oh, we're going to Cabo. Like the total cheap, like, I mean, it's like going to Vegas in my opinion. Well, how much is it like? 200 bucks or something? To- I mean, well, I don't know now, but yeah, I mean, you can do it really cheap. Yeah, you, you can, can do the same it. thing in Bali. It's and actually have, pretty cheap. They have direct flights now too. You can fly to John Wayne. We flew out of John from really? John Wayne. Really? Cabo? Yeah. That's awesome. They, but flying. <laughs> <I'm in. laughs> <laughs> but flying, I mean, when someone tells me from the US that they're going to Indonesia. That's a horrible sh- oh, flight. Oh my God, dude. One, I fucking hate flying. I hate it. And the worst part about getting sober is not getting fucked up on an airplane. Dude, the flight, when we, even just to like Australia, it was like, you've been on the plane for like eight hours and you're like, God, dude, I'm only like about halfway there. I mean, just horrific. Yeah. Horrible. But that's got to be a, that's a long trip. But do you think the flight to like Indonesia is surfers mainly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Indo? 
Yeah, why else are you guys going to Indonesia, guys? (laughs) You know, actually, the only reason... (laughs) My brother-in-law is Indonesian. And so he just sold us on... Oh, yeah. I mean, he was born there and raised there. And so we're like, all right, fuck it. We've never been there. Let's go. So, I mean, it was cool. I had a good time. Yeah, it's it's a nice... It is actually a nice part of Asia. But for you guys, I'm just like, why would you go there? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the same when people in Australia, they're always like, you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you've been to Brazil? I'm like, are you insane? Do you have any idea how long that flight is? Yeah. yeah they, you got to go. And I'm like, why? California. Well, There's plenty Brazilians there. Well, and the thing is, I mean, when I see people that travel all over the world to come to like Disneyland, I'm like, Dude, fucking really? I feel the same th- way about Vegas where I'm like, wow. Oh, like, dude, I know. Like and six like, hours to get... No, dude. Like, it's a 45-minute flight from yeah, right? to Vegas. But, dude, Vegas is like... I got a spare day off tomorrow. <laughs> dude, 24 hours in Vegas. Like, that's all you need. Max. Yeah. Max. I don't care if you're sober or high. Like, 24 hours. Like, you're done. Like, it's just ugly. It's ugly. All right, well, let's, let's loop it back into... Uh, Oh shit! Yeah, it sorry. Was, sorry. Was jiu-jitsu. Oh, sorry. So, so <laughs> would it be a buzzkill, Johnny? Yeah, sorry. Jesus! Sorry, I didn't know this was a travel channel podcast. Chris. <laughs> Lonely Planet Costa Mesa. Well, Johnny's getting a little sensitive because he only makes it to Brea. I, I grew up poor, Chris. <laughs> I, I would. I've made it to Brea. You know what, Chris? I had to travel in my mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. Go ahead. So. Um, you're at the gym. Yeah. You you were you were at this gym. You got a good camaraderie. Yeah. Um, you were there till purple belt. Brown belt. Brown belt. Brown belt. Yeah. And then what makes you say I'm gonna open up my own fucking gym? Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> midlife crisis. <laughs> First midlife crisis, I guess. Um, no, I, I got to a point where I was working, and I fucking hated my job and what I was doing, and I just was like. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Classic dude sort of thing. I don't know what I want to do with my life. What am I going to do with my life? I was just questioning everything. That Everybody goes through that period. But I gotten to a point. One day, it, it really clicked. I was teaching twice twice a week. And um, I think I was teaching Nogi, like intermediate Nogi, advanced Nogi. And because I was real, purple, deep in my purple belt, really into Nogi and wrestling. And... Um, the guys really liked my class and I was teaching classes. And then one day one of the guys goes after class, he said, um, great class. Thanks very much. It was awesome. And then I went, thanks. And, and I, I got this kind of nice feeling about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, when your coaches says like, Oh, you, you were really good tonight. Like it goes a mile. And, but it just rang really true to me. It just echoed, I guess all the way home. And then I went, I think I want to do this. I think I enjoy teaching. That's the last thing on earth I thought I was going to end up doing was teaching, let alone teaching jiu-jitsu. So I just, I realized, man, I really want to teach jiu-jitsu. Okay, if I teach jiu-jitsu at nighttime and I'm comfortable, it's my happy place. During the day, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like, I'm always going to be thinking about my happy place. So I kind of mentioned to my to my coach at the time, I said, look, I'm, I, I think I want to teach as much as possible. And I said, I really like teaching. And I said, I think I need to teach more I, I think i want to try and teach more than i'm sort of working that way i'll feel better about where i'm at because i'm not really happy with it, where i am personally in my life right now um and i want to try and pursue this and he was like yeah okay cool and i kind of i don't know i, I, I don't think he took me serious at first and then i was kind of like yeah i'm, I'm kind of serious and then i went oh well, i'm going to give myself a year do you know what i mean i'm going to train and i thought 
I'm going to see how I feel in 12 months time. And I went, all right, I'm going to give myself 12 months. And if I'm not teach, and I wasn't trying to put the hard word on my coach at all. Like I was doing it for free. Like I just loved coaching. I, I, I don't want to, I didn't want a cent. And were you teaching kids and adults? No, just adults, adults. just okay. adults. Yeah. Just adults. And, um, um, and helping with fighters and so forth and the MMA aspect. And, you know, I was still young in the tooth as well, like a purple belt as well. But I just really, re- I knew I really wanted to do that. And I thought I'm going to give myself a year. I'm going to try and if, if I'm not, I, and again, I wasn't putting the hard word on my coach, but I did say to him, I said, I'm going to give myself a year. And if I'm not doing this more than I'm working in a year, I said, I think I'm going to quit jiu-jitsu altogether. And he's like, oh, hey. wow. And he kind of like, you know, was like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. I said, look. And I got to move forward with my life. And if, if I'm not going to do jiu-jitsu, maybe I got to get a career. And and I didn't want to be a career dude, but I, I figured I needed to do and pursue something. I look forward to the to the future. It's like, I'm going to get older. I need to do something I really enjoy. And then I thought, yeah, like I said, I give myself a year and then I got close to that year mark and it was still in my head. So I thought if it's still in my head, that means it must be something I really want to do. And then it got to that point sort of towards that year and then kind of word got around the the, the gym they're like hey like I, I hear Juggs is thinking about opening his own academy and I'm like and then my professor at the time my coach he said like you know there's, there's a bit of talk around it that you're going to open a gym and I'm like look who cares what those other guys say if, if there's something to tell you I will definitely tell you you're my coach if I can't be 100% honest with you who can I be fuck those guys it doesn't matter what they say or what rumors or whatever they're trying to say if there's something to be said I will definitely say it to you first because you're the first protocol and the most important person in the gym that demands yeah. respect and then he was like okay, okay okay and I said but look again like I'm still looking for this and, and I'm thinking about opening my own gym if I'm not teaching here or this and he goes oh, okay alright cool just you know make sure you keep me informed blah 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 and I reckon about three months later I was like you know what I'm gonna do this yeah. I'm actually gonna do this and it wasn't like I'd saved some money out and I was like I'm gonna do this and then I really was like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna open my own academy and, I, and my whole intention my whole intention it didn't end well and my whole intention was to always be like say um, a franchise does that make sense like yeah. I'm gonna have my own gym like here in this this part of, of of the city we live in and I'm gonna be a franchise of that one like I'm gonna be a branch of it like an AOJ part two here or you know what I mean so yeah. it's that sort of style and it just it didn't end well sort of and it was really odd and then I realized well and then he got angry at the location I picked one time it was close but it wasn't like real real yeah, close yeah. but and I wasn't choosing because of the location. I was choosing like because I was always, when it came to setting up a gym, was always of the same Japanese fighter mentality because I'd done a lot of training in Japan. And when a Japanese MMA fighter or a Shuto fighter in the times, when he retires, most of those guys go back to their hometown and open an academy in their hometown. Like um, Romina Sato. He goes back to Odawara and Odawara in, in like the Kanagawa prefecture is like a long way away like to go and train with him. It was like an hour and 40 train ride. But, and I, was, I asked and, and that's when I heard the story and they, they told me about it. Like, that's what they do. And I was like, I really like that. And, and I was like, you know what? I want to be in my hometown in my hometown i want to and i didn't and i knew my my, my coach had his academy in the hometown so i didn't want to be in the, i didn't want to be competition it wasn't about that at all not at all had, i just had nothing to do with your coach dude. i just wanted to teach yeah That's, i just wanted to open a place have some students teach 
Didn't even want to care about making any money. It and was never about making any money. It's just like, I just want to teach. I'm just going to rent a place, buy some mats, teach. So I looked at some locations and man, someone, someone, and I've, I've, man, I've never told anyone this, but like someone, I get this, I get this phone call in the afternoon. It's my coach. And he's like, oh, I heard you were looking at this property, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you know, I was, and I was like, how? The, I'm thinking, who <laughs> the fuck tells him? And I reckon a real estate student might have oh. clued on or someone might have seen my car that I was looking at the place and was like told him or something. Or I'm maybe like, had someone follow you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> look, e- e- either way, like he, he wasn't happy. And look, he wasn't happy. And he, and he said, look, I don't. And it, the conversation didn't end the well. And I got off the conversation and my, my, my friend and student at the time who was going to come with me to, to open this academy, he says to me, so, so what happened? And I said, well, man, I think we're Ronan. And he goes, what? And I said, I think we don't have a master anymore. I, I said, and he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, the conversation didn't end real, man. I don't think, I don't think we're going to be part of that team anymore. And he goes, what? And I'm like, I know, man. I said, it's not how we envisioned this to go down. And then immediately, and we were like questioning, going, what's going to happen? Like, like, why? Why Why does he feel this? Why does he feel this? And then it hits me. It hit me. And again, I'm not really said anything to anyone. I'm like, why is he worried about this? Why is he worried about that? And then I realized, because he thinks I'm going to be successful. And then I went, I'm going to run as fast as I can to this. And I'm going to make a fucking amazing academy. Because if someone thinks I'm going to be, they think I'm a threat and they think I'm going to be successful, then I'm on the right path. Yeah. And you're showing, obviously you're showing a lot of potential. If Dude, somebody's- yeah, exactly. And then, but it sucks because this man put a lot of time into me, was really close to me. And I actually, you know, I still care for the man to this day. We're, we're, we're friends. We're civil. But it was just disappointing. And I'm like, I'm like any coach and any student that, because it happens, students leave and so, open their own academy. So when did the Mendez brothers come onto your radar? Yeah, okay, pretty quickly. So um, I'd opened the academy, on, I think it was like March 7th of the year I left. And it's full metal jiu-jitsu. Full metal jiu-jitsu, yeah, because... I'm a big film, like, you know. Film buff. Film buff, nutball, yeah. Um, a massive Stanley Kubrick fan. People think it's Full Metal Alchemist. I'm like, I'm not that kind of fucking nerd. Like, what are you, where, where are you going with this? We are. I know. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but, yeah, I was a big Stanley Kubrick fan, and I went, yeah. I, want, I, I want a cool name, but at the same time, I don't want a tough guy name. And then I went, well, I've kind of picked if you if you didn't know me like people knew me and then when they heard yeah. I was opening the academy they were like oh you know he's opening the academy and then, then when they heard the name of that oh that's so jugs yeah and just like just like you, when you released one of your geese mm. it said uh, generals gather in their masses yeah it yeah was yeah a, dude you know, black, that was amazing a black sabbath yeah, reference yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, that's what I love about you is you always add a little bit of you to your brand yeah thanks like I, I really do and that's the whole um Man, you really hit it on on the, on the head there. Like when I opened the academy, I was like a wise old um, black belt. The academy I used to train for once said because a Brazilian moved into town and, and was like, "Boom, I'm Brazilian. I teach jiu-jitsu better than than you guys." That's the you know that's a really dumb way of saying, it. but that's pretty much what it was like. But um, and one of my old um, black belts I used to train with at that academy, um, he said, "Jugs, anyone can rent in a room, put some mats down." doesn't mean they have a gym doesn't mean they have an academy and i was like he's absolutely right because 
you can put mats here. It doesn't, doesn't mean we go to gym, you know what I mean? It's just we got a place to train. It's the people in the gym that create the gym, you know what I mean? The community you're trying yeah. to build. And I was like, well, I'm going to run and try and make the best community I can. Like, I, th- I at the time, I thought jiu-jitsu needs to change in this community, in this city, even in the, in the country, in the state. I went, something needs to improve here because we're kind of a little bit behind. And at the same time... <sighs> lack of better terms Australians are fucking lazy we're hard workers we are hard workers but if we can take that lazy route out we will that's like me and Johnny yeah, <laughs> yeah. really half measures yeah, yeah. and I'm probably gonna, you know I'm probably gonna get some sly from, from Australians but we are it, it's the truth like we will work our asses off I'm, I consider myself a, a hard worker I'll do whatever it needs to get done to get the job done but at the same time I can stand beside a guy and go fuck that guy's so lazy so I think I was like, I'm going to hustle so hard to build a brand. I'm, I'm going to sell this thing as a brand. And, and I made a point of like, I'm doing no advertising. So people were like, oh, really? Yeah, I, I, made, I made a point because social media had just come in. Like it just come in. I'm, what am I talking? This is 2011, 2012. I think when I opened the academy, 2012. So it was like a MySpace. MySpace around then? <laughs> We kind of got into MySpace in Australia, and then and then Facebook happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never did MySpace. Really? I had a MySpace, and I was like, "This is the lamest fucking thing in the world." I used, I was single when that was out, so I used it for pure evil. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So so I opened the academy, and I was like, "I'm I'm gonna do no advertising for the first year." Yeah. And people are like, "What are you doing for advertising?" I'm, Nothing. All I'm going to do is social media. Because so social media was just sort of booming, right? It was just word of mouth. and Yeah, so I r- basically was like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to rule Facebook. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rule Facebook. I'm just going to blanket my whole gym with social media, posts, photos, everything I can about my gym. And so you, that, you so still that whether do you, this. Yeah, whether you like this or not, I'm going to bombard you with my academy to let you know that we are out there and what we do. I was the first academy in the state. I know that for sure. One of the first in the country to have dolomite mats. I was just like, I refuse to do jigsaw mats. Okay. I was like, A, it's unsafe. B, they're dirty. And C, I was like, I want a nice clean mat for everything so that my students feel safe. And again, we need to evolve. Come on, we need to we need to get better as an as a martial art in the, in, in the country. And I hustled at that social media aspect, just build and build and build. I built a reputation, I built a brand. And then I realized, well, I built a brand, I've done the hard work. Because marketing, I'd heard once a long, long time ago, it's it's easier to sell a product than to, than to build a brand. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, I got a product. I, I, I can sell that later on. But if I build a brand and I spend some time and effort and money into building that brand, it will eventually pay off later on. I was looking at a long, long, longer longer distance now when's the last time you were out here because when i i met you a couple years ago yes you were teaching a morning class yep. and then you went back and i we became friends on facebook so mm-hmm. i i watched your gym grow mm-hmm. i i participate anytime somebody leaves a mouthpiece or oh, a yeah, water yeah. bottle that thing yeah you if you chris if you like it that makes them have to do more push-ups whoever left something at his gym so if you leave like lost property behind He'll like if picture. you say hey man you left your shoes behind i take a picture and i put it on facebook and then i say however many likes you get for this picture is how many push-ups you have to do and if you don't come to the gym oh. for another week it grows daily <laughs> and i know a lot of people on social media right so dude that's hilarious dude it's hilarious and the funny thing is like i, I learned this from a friend of mine like 
People are like, man, that's the funniest thing in the world. Everyone's following it, man. To be honest with you, I thought I'd invented that whole shtick. Yeah. And then, but a friend of mine, um, Ross, in, he owned a gym in, in Brisbane. He did it once. And I went, that is amazing. That's a great idea. And then I just ran, ran with, with it. it. Yeah, yeah. I ran with oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I participate. Anytime I like yeah, people I'm around the, the world feed. participate and they're like, boom, <laughs> I'm in. Anytime I see a water ball on the feed, I know it's Jugs. And I know it's one of his students, so I'm always hitting like... Dude, yeah, <laughs> and it's been seven years and I haven't been done yet, like knock on wood. Like, I know I'll get killed. People will be like, I'm sharing this around the world. <laughs> Jugs is going to be doing like 1,200 push-ups sort of thing. And I'm in there every day, so I got 1,200 push-ups to do like one day. That's what, that's what would happen to me. But yeah. That's amazing. That's how, that's how the academy kind of came about. Yeah. And then when, like I said, I was Ronan. I was basically masterless. I didn't have a master or um, masters is such a fucking terrible term to use. In no way. It's, it's great. No, it's terrible. <laughs> Professor. Yeah. That's way. Yeah, that was the most, that was really awkward when I got my black belt. Like what? You want me to, they, they want, they're going to call you professor. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing in the world. I'm just jugs. Just call me jugs. But I get it now. I get it now. It's, it's, it's a respect thing again. I but, still, I will only even outside of the gym. Or, you know, Professor, it's Professor Ian, Professor yeah. Danny, yeah. Coach yeah. Jeff. Just Or we say prof sometimes. Yeah, prof. Yeah. Prof, yeah, prof, yeah, prof, yeah, prof Ian. Yeah, yeah, prof yeah. Ian. Because we're lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, I, I, when I, I was like, I don't have a professor. I don't, ha- I don't have a coach. So, we were like, well, what are we going to do for information? Do you know what I mean? Like, I can teach, but I still need to grow as well as a student myself because I was a brown belt at the time. And again, people didn't take me serious because I was just a brown belt. And man, there's some amazing brown belt teachers out there. There's some, Jeff, he's a purple belt. He's an amazing teacher. Dude, he's an amazing teacher. He's a really, really good teacher. Yeah. I, watched, yeah. I watched him the other day. And, and like, but people just assume like, oh, there's a black belt across the road. There's a black belt over there. And I was the brown belt. Do you know what I mean? Right. But I was like, well, again, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work harder and I'm going to show you and eventually it's going to happen. And again, I'm going to succeed. I'm, I'm so driven like that. So... I didn't have any source of, of, of a coach or anything like that. So we, we, I had a partner at the time. So we were like, um, what can we do? And we were like, you know what? Let's make a list. Let's just message, message people and say, hey, do you want to come and do a seminar? So we just made a list like, like the five people off the top of our heads. Like who, who when you name five no, people and I'll name and, five people, who do you want to get? And let me say this. The coolest part about jujitsu as of any other sport, you can't d- decide you want to start playing basketball and play with, Kobe Bryant yeah. in a year. In jiu-jitsu... Hold on, who's Kobe Bryant? Yeah. He's a, he's a Laker basketball player, Chris. Oh, the WNBA? Yeah. You guys got cricket here, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in jiu-jitsu, you can meet all of your heroes. Yeah. Pretty, and it's pretty accessible and pretty cool that... Yeah. To start a sport and within a year, whoever you're into, you can, you can go out and meet and do a seminar with. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's... Even still to this day, I've got a lot of friends in jiu-jitsu like high level professors like amazing like greatest of all time professors that i can text message yes crazy that's insane like that is bananas and like they message you to say hey man how you going how's the academy going you're like what do you know what I mean? Like, like you said, Kobe Bryant ain't going, how's that dribble going? Yeah. Man? Like, you know, you're still you can't those go three one-on-one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just made a list. That's how I met So them. you made your dream list. I, I wouldn't even say a dream list. Like, I was like, what's the five that I was like, man, I'd love to have that guy out or that guy out or that guy. And like the Mendes brothers were like 
number one. Easily number one, because when I was a Purple Belt, I discovered a Bull Terrier DVD in Japan on a trip. Because I used to scour, like, martial arts shops in, in Japan. Just scour it for, like, DVD. I, I, yeah, man. no, you're a collector. Like, you, I've, yeah, seen, I've seen your bobbleheads that you get. Yeah, dude. The, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I get obsessive. Yeah, yeah, I get obsessive. So I went to man, my first trip to Japan. Holy shit, the amount of stuff I brought back. <laughs> I came back with 12 kilos of... Of books one time. Oh, Magazines wow. and books. So when you said kilos, I yeah. was like, oh, okay. Oh, it was had like a kilo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's about 20, 20 pounds or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of books, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we only know kilos. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah okay. Kilos is just drugs. Yeah. <laughs> is, is my nose bleeding right now, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Menas brothers were on the top of the list. I think Andre Galvao was second. I know Jeff Glover was on the list. Ryan Hall was on the list. Uh, I can't remember. That was, was another person. And I think we nearly got all of them. Yeah. That's so rad. Yeah, it, it, it was it was amazing. And then the Mendez brothers were coming out to Australia to do a, like a seminar tour. I had no idea they were even in the country. Apparently, they were in Perth at the time. That lovely city I'm, s- I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got friends in Perth, and I love Perth. It's really nice. But I, I wouldn't know what to do there if it wasn't them. They're my friends. But they're in Perth at an academy in Perth. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing all the way over there? I'm like, who put them over there? And apparently a, a gym in, in Perth had, had gotten them out. And I knew PJ from who owns um, the Atos Affiliate in Hamilton in Canada. And um, I messaged Peter, PJ and I knew that he was good friends with the Mendes brothers because he's the first affiliate worldwide. And and I said, hey, PJ, like I heard the Mendes brothers are in Australia. What do you think would be the chances of me, you know, like getting them at my academy? And he goes, man, just message them. I'm sure they would. So I literally just went, hello. Like, yeah, my name is Jugs. I have an academy on the Gold Coast. Would you like to come and do a seminar? If so, like how much? And, you know, I'd never... I don't know what the fuck do you do to have a seminar. I was just like, okay, you just call people. And then I just figured if the numbers added up, why not do it? Yeah. I was doing the gym, not making a cent anyway. I was doing it for purely because I love doing the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like I actually, when I opened the academy, was putting money into the gym's bank account every week. Yeah. Not drawing any money. I was putting money into the gym. You were losing money. Losing money. <laughs> so, I, I, you know telling students i'm paying for you to train here i know you're paying me fees but i'm actually paying yeah. money for you to train here. but um that's love yeah but, man honestly i just loved jiu-jitsu i was so obsessed with it i loved it and i was like like same with you guys you know you know it like especially you as well johnny like there's there's something about jiu-jitsu that makes you better there's something about, I don't even know how, but I know I was a better person from doing jiu-jitsu. So that was part of my, my part it was as well as that. If it did a world of good to me and made me a way better man, how the hell would I not want to help someone else do the right? same thing? It's like once you drink the Kool-Aid. Exactly. You, you yeah, want yeah. I'm in. everyone. Join the cult. Yeah. Join the cult. Oh, no. Yeah. And I've pitched it to people and it's just like, yeah. Blank. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Blank stares when you're yeah, like, do you yeah, have uh, a minute to talk about jiu-jitsu? <laughs> uh, like, I think I saw that guy, the mold here. Yeah. 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 I. And it's a, it's a hard pitch. Yeah. I mean, to people who don't get it, it's 
Yeah. And every once in a while, you're like, oh, man, I always thought about doing it. And, and they're like, didn't you just get an operation because of that? And you're like, yeah, but that's, you know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a weenie. Yeah. You're complaining about your fingers don't straighten up anymore. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, they so, came out. They did a they did a seminar. They stayed with us for like five days or something. And they couldn't be nicer. Those two guys. I, I literally said to my friend PJ, I'm like, hey, so I've never had a seminar to do before. What do I do? And he goes, oh, man, the Mendes brothers are super nice guys. You'll get along with them really, really well. He goes, it's not competition season, so they're going to want to drink Coca-Cola. Yeah. I'm like, any other hints? Like, I just want to, you know, do well, and I want them to have a good time. And um, he said, man, take them to that electronic shop you work in. They'll be super stoked. And we just ate, had a good time, and, you know, just got along really, really well. And then we're driving to the airport, and they're like, have you heard about our affiliate program? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you. And then they were talking in the back of the car in Portuguese. And I'm like, I think they're talking about us. <laughs> and um, then they were like, well, how long have you, have you been a brown belt for, Jugs? And I'm like, oh, two and a half years. And they're like, what's and I'm like, I'm like, I think they're definitely talking about us to our friend. And I'm like, what are they? What are they? Say? I, don't, I can't speak any Portuguese. And um, and and then they're like, um, like who who do you who who's your 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 coach your professor jugs and I, and at the time I'm like, what the hell is a professor? Like and and I said I don't have one. I don't have a coach. And they're like, and I'm like, what's going on back there? And they go, like, you should look at our affiliate program. We think we we'd be able to help you guys out. And we're like, okay, cool. And then um. Yeah, and then it would just things fall into place, and then we became an, uh, an, a Mendes Brothers affiliate. It wasn't even Atos affiliate at the time; it was a Mendes Brothers affiliate. Yeah, no, I have the the original the the M M. Yeah, dude, patch. I, I I bought the last of those patches from AOJ. Like, I have I said, some geese. I said, hey, can I can I get last my, one of my last trips here? I said, can I get some of those like Mendes Brothers patches because some of my students want them when they compete and so yeah. forth. And they're like, yeah, we've got this this many left and i'm like how much for the lot <laughs> and griffin's like i'll go and ask the professors the professor's like oh, you know like give me this much and i'm like boom done i took all of them like all yeah, of them those were those were original school patches dude that's when so it, good too. when aoj opened up those it's, it's it's a great logo it yeah. works so well and i mean no the aoj logo is fantastic as well but that old logo was really really good as well it's cool yeah. now it's like a nostalgic piece. exactly yeah i you still know? got it on some of my geese and i'm like that's cool that's a cool gee there was someone who came to Dawn Patrol. I haven't seen him since, but he was wearing one of those old geese. And it was like, everyone, what the fuck is that guy? Like, it's like a, an OG gee. You know, I think like, he's for Rio Claro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my first, my first gee was a storm gee that Hoffa gave me one of his geese. Yeah, yeah, I've got one at home too. He came into the seminar and was like, here you go, this is for you. And I'm like, holy shit. It says competitor on the back. I was a white belt with competitor. Was it when he was 12 years old? <laughs> <laughs> This yeah. is what I wore when I was 12, Johnny. <laughs> this will fit you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in the kids' class. <laughs> this might help you. Stop wearing one for stuff. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't help me. I was super <laughs> horrible. <laughs> oh, dude. I can't imagine you as a white belt. Oh, oh dangerous. Fuck, dude. Dangerous. Oh, God. <laughs> to myself. I mean, I hate... Oh, man. I love white belts, but at the same time... I'd much rather roll with like a purple or a brown. Oh, yeah. At least this guy's not going to, I'm not going to catch an elbow on the eye oh, or something no. like that. You know, I, fuck. But I, I want to, like, I love, I love helping white belts. Love it. Because I'm like, I see, like, the freshness and I go, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to turn you into a killer. I'm going to give you some gold, like, real simple gold. Let, let's make, turn you into a killer. Then you're like, ah, oh, now you are. <laughs> Dude, I rolled with the white belt 
I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and it started out like before kicking you, know, you in the balls, right? No, it was like, <laughs> and he was like, breathe. And I'm like, oh, this is not gonna go well. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, it didn't go well. But oh well, what are you gonna do? That's why well, I don't ever make fun of spazzy white belts because apparently I was. You're still spazzy. We were, we were, belt. Yeah, we were all yeah. spazzy white belts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least you call them spazzy. We call them retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can't say that uh, uh, around Johnny. He gets really sensitive. <laughs> Light up Nick the Tooth. That's right. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, so how, how long are you in town for when are you heading back? Uh, Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be at Dawn Patrol tomorrow morning? <sighs> Come on, dude. Trying to get him to commit? Yeah. I don't have a, you, cause, hold on, let me look at this. Are you time. picking me up then? Because I don't have a car right now. Chris, well, hold on. Where, where are you? 22nd Street. 22nd Street, yeah. that, This is going to go live Victoria. tonight because someone's going to knock on the door and go, you interview is crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going out to... Oh, no, it takes us a while. Yeah. Johnny... We have kids and wives, so like, like we'll have to meet up again to do yeah, like we have the to meet intro. One more time. We kind of do it out of order. We got to uh-huh. do the top five, you know. Yeah. Okay, so, so your academy... I, I've watched it since I've known you. Mm-hmm. I watched your academy grow. I watched you become uh, affiliated with Ruka. Mm-hmm. It wasn't back in the day. No, no. And then saw it grow, saw the, saw the cool, you know, the mural. Yeah. The, the, the helmet. Yeah, yeah. Dude, fucking badass. Dude, it turned out really good, right? The shirts, I'm wearing oh, one yeah, of the shirts right now. Yeah, I want to say. A little jealous, Chris? No, I am a little jealous. Can you order those? No. Son of a bitch, really? That's what right. size are you? Well, no, dude, I'm not. I mean, I'll pay for it, but I am a large. I think I'm a, I think I might only have maybe an XL or a small back home. But if I got it, like, I'll send you a swag and stuff. Well, no, you, dude, I will pay for it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like Johnny has that. Okay. You know? <laughs> now, now. I hate it when I see a student who's got a T-shirt. I'm like, damn, I don't even have that myself anymore. <laughs> so your gym has grown. Yeah. The closeness yeah. of your gym mm-hmm. I was amazed by because you had a health scare recently. Yeah. You want to tell? Yeah, well, basically, I think, what was it? I can't even remember the date now anymore. Everything's been such a blur <clears> for like the last two and a half year. But I went, I came to America and did a, um, uh, like a road trip with a friend of mine. He was, he, one of my best childhood friends. You guys are driving a car around. Yeah, dude. Like right? he, he, <laughs> he's the best. Yeah, I, I'd say he's like the, my town, my, my my city, sort of version of Dick the Tooth. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Like I, like I love this guy so much. My friend James. Um, Does he wrist lock you and hurt your wrist? No, 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 no. Dude. James is crushes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking a month you've been whining about that yeah, wrist, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes photos of him and his wrist guard. Like, oh, look at Nick. Nick hurt my wrist, and Nick's just like, that's right. I'm on a smear. Hilarious. I'm on a smear campaign right now. <laughs> <on> Nick the <laughs> Tooth. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, so I went on a, on, a, on a road trip. He was he was buying um, like a hot rod American classic American muscle car from Indiana, and we, he had to drive it to Baltimore to put it on a ship. He was working for Harley Davidson at the time, so he was like, getting a really good deal with shipping. So he, like he was buying it through his super fund, so was superannuation a- fund, so he could like get it and then resell it and then top up his super. It was a fucking smart idea, so good. Because you, how are you gonna get a muscle car in yeah. Australia? Like, you can charge through the wazoo. And the route you guys went was a really cool, well, like, Americana. Yeah, that's the thing. So, he, he at the time, I had I I'd had a bit of, I, I, I had a bit of sadness at the gym. Like, I'd, I'd upset. 
um, a student or two and there was a bit of a disruption between some friends at the gym and I was really bummed and he was like are you okay and I'm like not really dude like I'm, I've upset one of my, my friends and I'm truly sorry but I'm just a little bit upset and he said well I think you need to get away and I'm like yeah, I really do I really do and he's like well hey guess what in like three I think it was three weeks or four weeks time he goes I'm going to America I'm buying it. he told me the same story I'm going to buy this car I'm going to drive it to Baltimore do you want to come on a road trip and I was like yes yes I do why not and I'm like, just, I don't have any money. And he goes, just, you won't have to pay for fuel. You have to pay for, or, or a hotel, which I found out we stayed at one hotel. <laughs> like it was, a, it was, a, it was hilarious. But anyway, yeah, anyway, he did this road trip and we were supposed to drive to Baltimore. We were like, we've got a week. Let's not drive straight to Baltimore from Indiana. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. What is that? Like two days or something in a car? Yeah, probably. I would think probably. Yeah. Two yeah days. So we were like. Let's go. Let's yeah, go I to remember, Chicago. I remember you like sending out like American friends. Do you have recommendations? Yeah, like, yeah. Like we we were like we don't know what we're doing. We're literally <laughs> winging this. We literally got in the car and we're like Detroit. Boom, go. Ooh. Yeah, Detroit, dude. <laughs> dude. But like like I was saying to you earlier, like you have no idea as a country what the rest of the world thinks of your country. <laughs> so like you from a from an outsider's perspective. Hey, what do you guys think of our president? <laughs> Fuck like everybody else. What a fucking disaster. We got a Cheeto for a president right now. Like <laughs> you are the laughing stock of the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Even everyone else is like, that guy in North Korea, you don't sound so weird right now. Nick, hey, that's because Dennis Rodman's hooking it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick the Tooth is convinced that Johnny voted for Trump. He's like, it's convinced he voted for Trump. <laughs> Well, who's going to believe that wrist locker anyways? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, well, I, I, we went on this road trip. It was a long way around. It was, it was a really enlightening road trip. America, I, I know why people do road trips here. It's, it's amazing. This country is amazing. Like every little part, So different. It, every, every state is different. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, I reckon I could spend a long, long, long time here just hopping around and st- seeing like you this this country is amazing if you've not done this and you live in this country what the fuck is wrong with you there's amazing amazing stuff to see in this country it is phenomenal your country has some amazing stuff to see you need to get out and go and see this amazing country but anyway i came back i think i was back a week maybe a week or two when i'm training and one night and i remember it was like a wednesday night because i had this little tiny thing on my wrist before i went away on this that trip. you notice i like, just noticed this little tiny thing on my wrist like and i was like maybe it's not a fungus do you know what i mean but it was this kind of little weird mark thing and it wasn't going away so i went all right i'm gonna make a doctor i'm a dude it takes you forever to go all right okay kind of mental check that one yeah i was like well when i was away i was like this thing ain't going away when i get back i should probably book in yeah to, you know it was like two weeks it's not getting bigger it's not getting smaller but it's just not going away right so i went i'm gonna go to the doctor's and I'm just going to get it looked at. And that was the Thursday I'd booked in to see my doctor. The Wednesday night at training, I was sitting on the on the side of the wall after training. The guys go, are you rolling tonight, professor? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to roll. I got, you know, I don't feel, I feel like I got some, like kicked in, in the bits, like right. need, need in the bits or something like that. So I was like, no, no, I'm going to, and I was like, man, you've got that pain. Kind of a of, deep pain. Yeah, deep pain in your groin. And then, so I went home and I was like, oh, you know, whatever it is, it'll work its way out. Yeah. And then, that night I went to bed and then I woke up in the middle of the night. Like most people go, oh, I got to go to the toilet in the middle of the night. I woke up going, oh God, what is that pain? And I went to the toilet and I, and I figured maybe I just need to 
to do a bowel movement or something or something you know what i mean maybe it's just i really need to pee really badly or whatever it is but anyway i went to the toilet and as soon as i i peed i was like this is really like this that pain still not not in in my privates but in my groin area i was like that really hurts so i jumbled my bits and that's when i went holy shit there's actually a lump there and i went oh fuck like and immediately i was like how did i not notice this before like how did i not notice this before and immediately Internally, my gut is served me really, really well over my life. So I, I, I listen to my gut, and I need to listen to it more. I've learned that in the last few years, but immediately I went, "That's cancer." I know. Yeah. I, I knew it straight away. I knew it straight away. And my immediate thought was, "What am I going to say to my girl in the morning?" Like, you know, what I mean? do I wake up and go, "Hey, there's something wrong." Yeah. And I was like, "How?" Like, I woke up in the morning. And like I went back to bed and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep because I was like, I know what that is. That's that's not good. Whatever it is, yeah. it's not good. And I was like, well, at least I'm going to the doctors in the morning. Because what if I like a classic guy is Just like, Just ignore nah, it. No, it'll go away. Yeah. And like if I did Could have been horrendous. Dude, it would have been way, way worse. So in the morning I woke up and I, you know, my girl's getting ready for work and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get ready for this. And she's like, hey, we're talking like normal, normal morning with you, with your partner. I wanted, I wanted to say something so bad because I, I tell her everything. But like, you didn't want to alarm her too? Like if it, what, what if it's not? She's a lot of my life. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to preempt anything. I don't, I don't want anything. I don't want to scare her. Right. I don't want to scare her because what if it's nothing? Yeah. So I didn't say anything. I so wanted to, but I didn't say anything. And then I went to the doctors and I'm like, hey, yeah, listen, she goes, hey, here's some cream. Is there anything else? Everything else is all good. And I'm like, well, I got a little bit of a pain in my bits. And she goes, okay, stand over there. You know, I dropped my bits and she had a jumble around. And um, she goes, okay, look, I think it's best that we get, you know, get it. Ultrasound. I, th- I think ultrasound, is that what you call it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's best we got an ultrasound. So I, and she, she immediately rushed me to an ultrasound that day. I went to the ultrasound, and I, I first thing I said to her was, "Please don't tell my my girl. I'll, please, I'll, you know, let's wait." Yeah, yeah. And she goes, "Look, it's the best thing. Let's just go get it done." I went and got the ultrasound, and man, like, the longer those things go, the worse the news. And the guy was, you know, he was rumbling around in there with that cream, and he was getting, you know, he was getting busy up in there. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and my my first thought is like, Jesus Christ, it's the the day day's barely over, and I've had two total strangers just all up in my shit. <laughs> and I'm like, after the day, I don't care, I don't care anymore. And um, so the longer it went, I went, what's what am I gonna do now? The longer it went, the more I went. I, the more serious and the, the more, more I started thinking ahead in time and the future does that make sense like right. I'd already planned in my head through that ultrasound the longer he was going going it's bad news what, what happens now like what happens tomorrow what happens next week what happens next year it was already starting to play into my head which was kind of probably a stupid idea to do so you're projecting yeah I was already projecting like what's going to happen and then he's like oh you know and then you know <laughs> You get dressed and you walk out and you're like, well, there you go. You're by yourself. It's kind of tra- it's kind of personal and kind of a little bit traumatic because you're by yourself and you, and you know I didn't tell anyone. And then, but went, did you know at that point? Did they go? No, they did. They they don't. They they I'm, tell you that your doctor's going to tell you. Yeah. Or, right. You know the results. Blah blah blah. My doctor brought me in. I think I might have gone in. I can't remember. I do have a little diary of that couple of days, but I kind of kept it to myself. Um, 
I've forgotten now. But I think might have been that afternoon I went in and that afternoon she told me, look, I we think it is going to be cancer. Yeah. We're going to get you into a specialist on um, Friday, the next day. Like I, I was in private health, so I was okay. And she obviously stepped... Because my doctor at the time was very good friends with my partner. Um, and they, I think, kind of pushed, pushed me to the front of the line sort of thing with a lot of things. And um, really lucky. I was really A little really bit lucky. of clout. What's that? A little bit of clout. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, man, God bless it. Um, but, and then I went to the doctor the next day and yeah, by, by Friday I was diagnosed and I had to tell my boss at the time who who's actually one of my students as well and yeah. close friends. And I had to tell her, I said, hey, um, I'm not coming into work tomorrow. She goes, oh, okay, is everything right? And I'm like, oh, I'll tell you on the weekend. She's like, you sure everything's okay? And I'm like, look, look, I'll tell you on the weekend. Because I hadn't told anybody. Yeah. Anybody. And then I was like, oh, Friday we're booked in. Uh, and then I'm booked in for surgery. I booked in. I went and saw, saw the, the urologist. Yep. I went and saw him. And he was like, yeah, look, you, you have testicular cancer. And I'm like, fuck, you know. Have you ever seen Deadpool? Yes. Of course you've seen Deadpool, right? Yeah. Oh, man, I fucking saw Deadpool just after a mission and I'm like nobody wants to tell me about this guys like what's going on <laughs> so anyway um, I saw like you know the scene in Deadpool where the doctor tells him he has cancer yeah that scene is so spot on it blew my mind when I saw the movie because I was like that's exactly the way I felt exactly the doctor's talking to him and the audio goes like out and he only hears his thought he doesn't hear that and then the partner is talking to the to the to the doctor that's exactly what happened to me oh, man. exactly what happened to me i was like the doctor saying yeah you 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 know you you have you have testicular cancer this is what we're going to do and it just distance i started not paying attention because i was just like holy shit what yeah. do i do from here so basically so look you're gonna you know we're gonna have an operation on tuesday we're gonna get you and have an operation on tuesday we're gonna cut it out and then after that we'll find out whether you need chemotherapy if it's spread or whether you need radi- radiotherapy. And um, I was like, holy shit, I've never been into a hospital for any kind of operation in my life, ever. And I was... And there you go right there. Straight away. I'm, I'm like, I don't have time to think about it. I'm straight in straight away. But yeah, and then I got that, and then I I found out that it is spread to my lymph node in... What's the one on this side here? Kidney, is that what it is? Yeah, or, kidney. Or, yeah? Kidney, pancreas, I Chris? Liver or... <laughs> Come on, you're the book smart one. I can't it. remember. I always get them both mixed up, whether it was my it liver or my kidney. Though. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, I, I, I'd, I'd hear, but I wasn't listening. Fuck. I was just, like, disowned out. Like, holy shit, I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. My doctor was like, you know, you, you, it's going to be not much fun for you. What did you, they end up doing? Chemo or radiation? Chemotherapy. They did chemo. Yeah, they did chemotherapy. I remember being... Because you announced it on Facebook. And yeah, I, I was like, man, I was... You're open book. I'm an open book. And I, and I figured, you know what? This is bullshit. Guys don't talk about this. They really need to talk about this. And how many other guys have been through this and not spoken to it? Like, I was like, if I can prevent one other guy from going through this, I did the right thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the only person I know, I mean, Lance Armstrong. Yeah. You know, had it. and But yeah, you don't hear a lot of what no, the guys like, talking and about. It's, it's not even the fact that guys get it it's the fact that guys don't check and they don't check it. and they just kind of yeah i'll be all right yeah it's very much an australian See, way i lie too yeah yeah you know, a lot of people get taken out by uh, uh colon cancer and stuff too they don't they don't get checked 100 percent. like yeah yeah and um so i had to do 
um, chemotherapy and man, like you lost your hair. You were, dude, you know, know I allowed to get a good haircut. Yeah. No, like when I met you, I saw you first time I saw you sparring, you literally stopped when you were on top of the person. Fixed and, my hair. And fixed his hair like Fonzie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like his gig, dude. He's yeah. like he's like best hair in jiu-jitsu yeah. right here. I kind of had that like whole Speedo from Rocket from the Crypt haircut going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. you lost your hair. Yeah. You know? It yeah. was like. Do you want me to tell you the story of that? Like, it was I'll like tell you. Samson. <laughs> yeah. And dude, fuck you pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Got Lex Luthor oh, over here. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even that. notice until then. Yeah, yeah, like, he's all like, Whoa. oh, I lost yeah. my yeah. hair. His, his arms cares. are crossed. <laughs> Chris, you're so angry. Yeah. So angry. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like getting a haircut, and I went all like Henry Rollins on it. I was like, you know, I'm going to fucking beat this myself. So I went to the barbershop the week before I was going to start chemotherapy. I'm going to get this thing Just ready. Black flagged it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm going to black flag this thing and be like, bring it. <laughs> and um, yeah, no. I went I went into the chemotherapy on the foot. Like the doctor said to me, he goes, look, it's, you know, it's chemotherapy. We're going to bring you as close to death as we can, but save you at the same time. And I'm like, oh, you're yes. not really selling this to yeah. me right now. And um, Fucking Johnny whined about his wrist for a month, man. I can't even imagine I think going it, through. I think, is that month still going? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's still milking it. And oh, but he, he said that talk, being the, talk to me next year <laughs> he said it's going to be a little bit harder because I'm an athlete and I was like <laughs> you're the first person to call me an athlete ever <laughs> and he goes no like you know I said I'm no athlete and he goes no you're like you're you're a, you know you're you're in great shape you you know you do martial arts so you're in great shape you look after yourself and he goes it's actually going to be a little bit harder harder because you're in great shape if you if I was like a smoking drinker. Your body's kind of like used to the poison, right? Yeah. So it's kind of, it, it assimilates to the poison. So because I was, I w- I'm not clean. I eat whatever I want. Do you know what I mean? But I, I in moderation, you know, I eat whatever I yeah. want. But because I was in, in shape, he said it's going to affect you harder than the other one. So we got to watch how we do it too. And um, the first week I was like, yeah, whatever. The first the first day i was like yeah bring it this ain't so bad and then the second day i'm like yeah this ain't so bad and then on wednesday i was like yeah this ain't you know it's yeah. not much fun I and mean, i'm a little bit tired by thursday i'm like this is pretty shit and then by friday i had five days in a row by friday i was like i had what they call chemo brain where you just like you can barely talk and oh, hold you don't want to talk to anyone you kind of fall asleep all the time and i was like this is shit and by saturday they i had to have this needle they cost I saw them, the, it was like 3000 something odd dollars for this needle, but I got it through private health, so I didn't have to pay. But I looked at the needle and it said on the packet, $3,000 for one needle. And I had this needle, it's kind of like to boost you, you back up out of that because, um, like I said, they're trying to... Chemotherapy, the dumb lay, lay, layman's version, I guess, of describing it is, they're going to napalm you. Yeah. They're going to kill everything so that the grass can grow back again. Build Does that it back make sense? up again. Yeah. Yeah. So they gotta like they gotta they gotta bomb that thing out, like carpet bomb that thing out. And by the Saturday I, I man, I really struggled the first week. It was the worst thing. The worst thing in the world. And I was like immediately like this sucks. That but that was the first round. It got worse. It got worse and worse. But Dude, I'm such a pussy. Like there's no way. Like It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's and I was like 
I was like, really, like, this sucks. It's horrible. It's terrible. I got to get through this. I got to get through this. I got to get through this. But then, like, I'd go to, like, the hospital and do it. And then I'd I'd be like, oh, man, there's a 72-year-old lady over there going through chemotherapy. And I'd be like, what are you whinging about, Jugs? Like, look at that poor lady. And then I'd be like, you're going to get through this. You don't even know that lady. Maybe she's not going to get through it because some of them are terminal. Yeah. So, like, my doctor said, it's going to be a horrible year for you. But after that, we'll, we'll look back and it'll be a different year. And, um... But like Lila, like we spoke in the car, my life hasn't been the same since. It hasn't been the same since. Um, but the chemotherapy was not much fun, and I now have an absolute odd outlook on that aspect. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I see somebody in the mall, and they're wearing like a bandana, or like a lady or something like that, and I think to myself, you know, you know, is she going through chemotherapy? And I'm like, I just want to fucking hug them because I'm like. I know what you're going through, and that ain't, yeah. it no, ain't, ain't much fun. Forever changed you. Yeah, yeah, for, forever. Like I've, I haven't been the same. I haven't been the same mentally, physically, even emotionally. Yeah, even emo- and like. We, and oh. we talked a little bit about your gym yeah. too. I mean, you have a, a gym. All these people look up to you. And yeah. As you're going through this, I, I saw again on Facebook. I saw your gym gather yeah, around. Yeah, man, they you. really banded around and and took care of teaching classes dude, while you were gone. When you, I was, but that was my first, man. You get diagnosed with cancer and one of my first thoughts was, man, I've been busting my ass with this gym and it's all going to go to hell now. That's like, not because of the students. I was like, I'm going to lose it all now. Yeah. Like, That's the, gym, a the gym's going to close. The gym's going to close and I've lost everything that I was. And I was like, fuck. And then my students were like, don't worry, we got this. And I'm like, holy shit. And like, it literally, because I left work and I left the academy. Like, I have a part-time job. So I left the, the, my job. I went to the gym. I taught at the academy. I came home. Didn't go back to work or the gym for months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nobody saw me. I was kind of like, I didn't want people to see me in that state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, I was, look, I look like a gecko. I looked as white as, as that surfboard over there. Like, you know what I mean? Like I looked really, really white, really unhealthy. And the kind of way you don't want your friends to be, I don't want my, fr- I didn't want my friends to see me like that. I didn't want, I didn't want my mother to see me like that. Didn't want my girl to see me through going through that. I just didn't want people to have that envision of me because me personally, I was never gonna get rid of it out of my head. I didn't want that other person to have that in their head. You know what I mean? Especially when you care for people. Yeah. It's it's a vision that you'll have for a long, long time. But um they really banded around and just really looked after it. Got you know, like people started like a, what do you call it, a GoFundMe or something like that to no, raise that's exactly what it's called. Yeah, like like a like a thing to raise for medical bills and everything, which was amazing. Like, that's part of the whole jujitsu thing. Yeah, like people gather around to help each other out, and I was like, you know what, that's, I'm gonna, I got to pay this back some way when I'm better as well. I'm going to pay this back in some kind of way that I can. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. I'm forever to this grateful, you know, to this day for the people that banded around and helped me out because I I really don't know how I would have done it without the help of everybody else. Yeah. So, and you're in remission? Yeah. 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 And in remission. how long has that been? Um, year and a half. Maybe coming up a year and a half. Okay. I, I recently had a full check. I, I don't, I don't like it. I really don't like it. I get. And you have to go in the same building to get this. Dude. I go to the same place every time. Yeah. So that's, you know. I never had anxiety in my life or depression in my life until after chemotherapy. Never. Wow. Never. Never had any form of depression in my life. 
I was I was sad because I was a, you know a kid who was brought up in a, in a, in a, in a you know a single family you know my mum tried the best she she could to do the best thing she would did with us and she's amazing um she gave me the true grit in my teeth and work ethic do you know what i mean but i never had depression or anxiety until after after chemotherapy and and people said oh it's because you went through a trauma and i'm like no no i just went through chemotherapy i never i never admitted to myself that it was a trauma does that make sense yeah like, i never admitted like this thing's gonna change your life like things are never gonna be the same again i'm like no no, no. i'll get through this go back to the gym everything'll be fine yeah it's not a broken arm <laughs> no it's not and it still isn't to this day and sometimes i think oh, man you're a broken record that's all you talk about sometimes but but to, at the end of the day i'll be honest with you it still affects me daily Oh. daily i still like go oh there that little thing or i see that little thing or i walk in the same path or i see that you know i drive the same road to maybe towards the hospital or something like that and i'm like fucking hell you know sometimes i think man i really should just move to another city to eradicate all of that sort of the same routine if i'm on the same road going to the old hospital it's connecting all the memories 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah so yeah it's it's now, you know and i I mean, you're just saying the broken record, and I mean, Johnny and I, I mean, it's been 15 years, and how long have you been sober? 14? 13. 13? Fuck, we talk about that constantly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, phenomenal. constantly. I mean, I go to the, like, Long Beach, I, the, where I scored all yeah. my drugs. Yeah. Oh, it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'm like, oh, God, I blacked out there. Wow. Oh, God, Mike. Yeah, so, well, I, yeah. I live in the town I partied in. Dude, I still live in the town. You're a glutton for punishment. I know, I know. That's pretty... Drives like, my wife crazy. No, but at the same time, like, you know, that's incredibly strong of you. I, I, I don't know what that's like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you've come out of that and you have to still face that every day and, and around where you are. See the same people. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, shit, but I'm listening to your story going, oh, dude, I just do not think... I mean, you never know what you can handle until you're faced with it and yeah. you have to walk through the fire. Yeah. But goddamn, dude, I'm, you know... Puts, I don't know. Puts my wrist story to shame, doesn't it, Chris? No, your wrist, you're a pussy. <laughs> you're a pussy, John. I, I, I say to people, and it sounds a little bit, it's funny to say afterwards, and it's a little bit, I guess, cliche to say till afterwards, but I always, I've been through some roughs and kind of, let's say sometimes traumatic stuff in my life, and I've come through at the other end, you know what no. I mean? But then I never knew what true suffering was until going through chemotherapy and true friends too though 100 percent, 100 percent. like you really know who, who who's really got your back at the end of the day one of my one of my best friends um he said you know you'll you'll only ever have a bunch of a handful of people where you know no matter what's going to happen they'll drop and do what do what they gotta yeah. do and it's true it's really really true and um sometimes even as a friend you you, you Things get in the way and you want to do that drop, but it's not there. But you you know what I mean? But people just boom. They drop stuff and they really helped me. I've always tried to be a really generous person myself as well. Like, because I believe in like a, like a worldwide sort of invisible currency. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, look, I'm going to be good to you. And then like one day I'll see you and you'll be good to me. Pay and back. Like, and yeah, yeah. Karma. I, good karma. Yeah. Okay. I won't go into that. I don't believe in karma, but like, <laughs> but I just believe like, Man, I got five bucks. I'll give you. You need five bucks. I'll give you five bucks. I fed a homeless dude today. It was it was it was awesome. I'm like, dude, I'm doing this, and this dude. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, he looks like he's hungry. 
it's six bucks. Who cares? Did, I'm gonna, I'm gonna did buy. Did you buy him food or did you give him money? Cause I'm not a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was at In and Out Burger today. I went to In and Out Burger. And I'm like, you hungry, dude? And he's like, oh man, I could really go some chips. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're not getting chips. You're getting number two. Let's do this. He's like, oh yeah. He's really quiet. And I said, you want what kind of drink you want? He goes, Dr. Pepper. I'm like, that's my jam. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Like I like, I like to do those. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's six bucks and who cares at the end of the day, like you're helping someone out because you never get, you're never going to know how close you can be to that one day. You ne- you never know. You never know. Like it's this, whatever we have that's really good can disappear really quickly, really quickly. So since you're, I mean, I'm listening to you and you obviously are a really good guy. So I assume then you don't do Ezekiel chokes. Oh, I'll fuck that up. Oh, yeah, I'll do that all day long. Are we rolling tomorrow? <laughs> you want to roll tomorrow? I love the front Ezekiel choke. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dude. I'll show you a prison rules version that Thank is you. just the best. Oh, Thank so Chris oh, is learning about paper cutters. Well, they're being done to him, but. Motherfuckers. <laughs> dude, I'll show you this. Like, oh, man, I'll show you this Ezekiel choke that um, Professor Galval showed me from the mound. Don't show Johnny. Just show me. It's the best. Oh, I can't it's wait. So, and uh, I do it from you, uh, like half as well, like half guard as well. Are you guys? Oh yeah, dude, half guard. I don't even try to like get my leg Chris, out anymore. Let's do a let's do a rapid fire questions Australian. Oh shit! Rapid rapid fire questions. Well, hold, well, hold on a second. Are okay. you training at night? Are you guys all training at night? Are you training night train? Yeah. When are you no. training? Is it night train an alcoholic drink here in this this state? <laughs> it's Guns like, I listen to Guns N' Roses. Right? Fucking yeah. shut up about night train, Johnny. He has to brand I, everything he I, fucking does. Okay, it's Dawn Patrol. No, now I'm Night Train. Now I'm going to Yawn Patrol. <laughs> Freaking drives me that's, nuts. That's a 10.30 oh, oh, Are you training at night? You guys training at night I'm or what? Tra- I'm training at night. He might be at Dawn Patrol. If you are you going to be at Dawn Patrol? Or are you going to go at night? <sighs> I want to, but I, need, I don't have a ride at the moment. Well, I mean, I can pick you up, but if you're going to be at night, then I'll fucking shine Dawn Patrol and go at night. Oh, what, what like Friday night? What time is the night class tomorrow? Uh, what time is it? Six? Seven thirty. Oh, it's, a late it's Friday. One. Tomorrow oh yeah, tomorrow's Friday, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Alright, yeah, I might I might try and do both. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know how my body's gonna deal with this, but Friday's yeah. not that bad. Like uh, as far as people go. Are we gonna roll tomorrow, Johnny? Yes. Excellent. I'm gonna risk tomorrow night. shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Dude. All right. <laughs> do it. He'll be fucking whining about it forever. All right. What's your rapid fire question? Chris. All right, hold on. I got one. How does this work? All right. Well, we're going to ask you a question. So if Johnny and I were characters from Mad Max, what would we be? You're going to be humongous. (laughs) You know what humongous is? (laughs) Hold on. What's the little kid? What's the little kid? No, Johnny's going to be the... Johnny, because of his glasses, is definitely going to be the chopper pilot. Oh, no. I see. I thought Chris would be the chopper pilot. He's going to be among us. He he hasn't got any hair for Christ's sake. I will only (laughs) accept two answers. And one would be the little guy on Master Blaster. Hyping no, it for up. for sure. For sure, saying, dude. Saying Dawn Patrol is the best. No, Night Train is the best. <laughs> okay. So I can see why you would call me that. But really, I would be the little the little boomerang throwing kid. I know the one you're saying. Because yeah, yeah, I used yeah, to be yeah, a gymnast. Yeah, yeah. So I could probably to this day still throw a boomerang, do a backflip. He was, run, he run was a Mary Lou I was going to say, what the fuck has <laughs> the boomerang got to do with gymnastics? <laughs> Because he throws it and does a backflip and goes in his little hole, dude. That is honestly the lamest thing in that <laughs> I'm, movie. Right? Thank you. And you know what? You're he looks inner, like he doesn't pull guard either, like Chris. <laughs> so <laughs> he just backflips into double underpass. <laughs> 
Fuck you and pulling guard, asshole. I fucking hate rolling with Johnny. I really hate Johnny. Okay, I got one. This is for my brother. He wants to know. And this is the longest interview we've ever yeah. done. Oh, he, shit, I'm sorry. It's good. No, no, it's good. Yeah, actually, you're kind of raising the bar of what we'd normally do. Right on. Okay. Um, let's see. Jesus, Johnny. You really? Chris, Chris, no, no, I'm, I'm looking at my questions. Chris, you got another rapid fire real quick? Well, I'm, I'm finding the... Uh, is it about Australian culture? The, the Yes, it is. But <laughs> like, it, we're going to ask about Mad Max, Crocodile, Dundee. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. You're doing all right. Got, he's got Finding Nemo on here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Which band's better, In Excess or Men at Work? Oh, In Excess. In Excess. 100%. Uh, Midnight Oil, motherfuckers. <laughs> Midnight Oil's pretty good. Fuck yeah, they're so, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, wonder why, I wonder why Chris is saying Midnight Oil right now. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks as a politician too yeah i heard some stories about him i know somebody that ran into him in, in uh, amsterdam yeah i'm no fan sorry peter <laughs> wait you got now, more fucking yeah, questions is here? It, okay here's another one is it true when <laughs> oh my god when you take a shrimp off the barbie that you put another shrimp on the barbie <laughs> all right we're wrapping this up thanks for coming we're not a fucking i'm not gonna make him sit around and listen to this bullshit you we do not put shrimp on a barbie that is i've never seen anybody do that it's an outback steakhouse so. yeah, yeah dude what are you talking about everyone knows you put a shrimp on the barbie dude we're the worst at barbecues man i went to a cookout the other day here you guys call it a cookout here too like right you call it a barbecue? Barbecue. barbecue barbecue yeah yeah you guys do it really well really well it was a love love affair well, with america Jugs, thank you so much for Thank you very much. No, this Wait, a- whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened to the top five? Oh, no, we don't do top five. We did that. We made a mistake once of doing it with Coach Jeff, and he just kind of fucking ruined it. I'm just kidding, Coach Jeff. <laughs> I'm a little pissed <laughs> off. You got me with the paper cutter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so who's the little bitch now, dude? Dude, fuck him. <laughs> and he tried to do it a second time. He's I was like, I tapped. And he tried to do it again. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> freaking dick <laughs> fucking rain man of jujitsu <laughs> uh, um yeah no we weren't prepared for the top five we'll be doing it but we do know what it is we're top, doing top five cartoons cartoons yes childhood cartoons childhood cartoons well i kind of have some i have two of mine are um like kind of shit i did with my kid okay watching my kid all right that's fine yeah. but then three are definitely definitely childhood dad life got it i think it's well jugs thank you very much uh and then johnny when we met he was really lighting me out i already told you this but did you meet jugs at dawn patrol yes did you introduce yourself yes did you introduce yourself as christopher from best frenemies johnny's co-host yeah, co-creator been, i've been corresponding and i'm like trying no to no johnny i did not god damn it chris you gotta you gotta it's like you my gotta mom put, gotta put like, yourself you gotta out there. put yourself out there make friends make new friends <laughs> people everyone needs to see how wonderful that i know you are chris this <laughs> i just want to see you sparkle chris <laughs> <laughs> Peacock, uh, he's gonna fly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on that uh, note, fuck cancer. And if you want to follow Jugs on its Facebook, it's uh, Full Metal Jiu Jitsu. Right. And I need one of those shirts. I actually would rock a small if you got a small though. <laughs> All fuck right, it, dude. As long as, people, as, if, as, long as Johnny can see my uh, my nipples. Perfect. All right, fantastic. Thank All you, right. Jugs. Thanks again. <laughs> 
Thank you. Oh, what time is it? Is it my case? I'm on We're back. And in the box. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for the show where we do our recommendations for this month. You go first, Johnny. Okay. Well, Showtime has an awesome show that's brand new called Just Another Immigrant. And it's about uh, this really famous uh, comedian in the United Kingdom. His name is Ramesh Ranganathan. R- Ramesh Ranganathan, and uh, he's he, he's super popular in the UK, and he wants to uproot his family and move to America and try and make it again. And there's a scene where he's talking to his son, and he's like, "Dad, was it easy the first time doing this out here?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "What makes you think it's going to be easy doing this out in America?" And it's kind of like a documentary style. Dude, let me just say, I hate when my kid drops some wisdom on me. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's the worst. Eight-year-old. Yeah, and he has, dude, he just, his, his wife is awesome. His mom is hilarious. She's always telling him, like, why? Like, making fun of the way he dresses. He's got an uncle that's, like, super hip. He's got one of those super hip uncles that's, like, in his late 50s, but he's got, like, the, the hipster haircut. It's, like, gray hair, but it's, like, the flop over with the shaved on the sides. And he's helping him promote. What he did, not only is he moving his family out, like, but his family tells him, like, we have such little faith in you that, like, you, I know you're going out there, but we have booked return flight tickets. <laughs> and uh, and he's pissed about that. And then, um, and and they're like, so the first person to come out in his family is his uncle. And the and the documentary people are like, well, why didn't you? Why is he the first one to come out? Why not your family? He's all, because my wife would be like, are you serious, dude? You're gonna have us live in this shithole hotel on the Sunset Strip? before we get a house and he's all he's all if, when i have my uncle come out he's he, all he's gonna say is oh great it's inside i get to sleep inside fabulous dude it's all so that's why i'm having my uncle come out first and uh he also to put more pressure on himself he booked the greek theater that he has three months to sell six, sell out six thousand seats and he can't even get two minutes like on the comedy store or, or any of that and his only friend out there is when he first lands, he goes and eats at a Mexican restaurant. And the guy's like, how's your food? And he's like, I can't believe that guy cares more about my food than even I do right now. And like a couple of scenes later that night, he's hanging out now with, with, the, with the Mexican food worker. And that's like his best friend on the show. And it's hilarious, dude. It's good stuff. It's on Showtime. It's on Friday nights on Showtime. But you can, um, if you have DirecTV, you can just... Uh, you know, hit search and download it, the episodes. Super dope. Go check it out. And it's called The Last Immigrant. The last or no, no, it's called uh, Just Another Immigrant. Oh. My bad. It actually sounds funny. Yeah, it's good. Check it out. Mine, so the last six books I have read um, have all been great. I've loved them all. And that rarely happens. I'm a great book picker-outer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and this was... this Six one, for six. This one that I picked was just a random, like on my Kindle, 
hey, you might like this book. And I kept seeing the same cover. And I was like, what is that book about? And I read it. And I was like, shit, all right. I know nothing about it. It's, it was, uh, it's called IQ, written by uh, Joe Ide. Um, like the premise, it's kind of like a detective, private eye story that takes place in North Long Beach. Ooh. Yeah. Now so, I'm in. Yeah. So they're listing places that it was while I was reading the book going, oh, dude, that corner. Because it gives like on the corner of Atlantic and, you know, Long Beach Boulevard. I was like, dude, I scored drugs on that corner. That's that's what was so fun about the Dirty John podcast because it was all in Newport Beach. Yeah. Like, I knew so every spot. It was really, I liked it. And the, so the author um, started writing late in life, and which makes me feel good. Uh 69 years old and he had this was his first novel he got published whoa yeah so i'm reading the sequel right now he has another one coming out so i highly recommend iq by joe eday i'll check that out yeah i guess he grew up in like south central la the author did and escaped the ghetto and but so he's writing about that area of you know north long beach and I really enjoyed it. I liked his writing style. It's lean and mean. And That's where Snoop is from. Oh, he mentioned Snoop. Snoop yeah. Dogg. Th- oh, thank you. For, oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just talking about Snoop. I didn't realize you were talking about Snoop Dogg. Snoop-a-loop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's your music pick? Okay, uh, Chris, I'm going to, well, my band that, that you like actually too, uh, Fiddler. Which uh, stands for Fuck a Dog, Life's a Risk. They're, uh, they're a little skate punk band out of L.A. And they have a new single. Now, I believe that the guy is still sober. But you know how us sober people like to do it. We like to, uh, well, most sober people I know, when they meet another sober person, all we want to talk about is alcohol and drugs. Because we think it's hilarious. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't share a lot of uh, strength and hope. I just share a lot of experience. <laughs> Actually, hold on real quick. What do we talk more about, jujitsu or drugs and alcohol? I, people always mention that uh, the, the word cocaine comes up a lot, but I don't know. Really more than an Ezekiel choke? I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a close one. It's close. It's a close one. All right. So uh, their new single is called Alcohol, and it's a banger. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys uh, gave the Jugs interview a chance and listened to the whole thing. It's, it's super This is the longest. Dude, this thing is going to clock in close to two hours, huh? Yes. Dude, and Johnny, apparently with Johnny, size matters because if, if our podcast clocks in less than an hour, <laughs> he's making excuses to everybody. I'm oh, sorry, it's not long enough. And dude, who cares? Exactly. So now he's like... Oh, I can retire. Yeah. Two hours. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So here we go. Fiddler alcohol. Thanks.
Do you wanna go get some?